0: Thursday night game of the year, Whoa! week 15, playoff pictures coming into focus. Sims and I have no idea if we made or lost money this week. And Sims' film Oh, notebook. we
1: know. We know. I know what I did. I know I lost money. That is 100%. Yeah, you're probably right. I don't even think I had a good week even picking just who won the game. I mean, if you wanted to be honest about it, I picked the Panthers to win a close one. I picked the Bills to win a close one. I picked the Falcons to win a close one. I picked the Texans to win a close one. Yeah. I picked the Ravens to win a close one. Pick
0: the Patriots to blow them out. Yeah. Pick the Saints to win a close one. Yeah. You didn't do great. Pick the Giants. Well, that one worked out. To blow them out, and they blew them out. Speaking of the best one, there Raiders and Steelers. I just saw this on Pro Football Talk. NFL Draft heading to Las Vegas, 2020. 2020. Let ooh. me tell you something. That would be a blast. What wow. are you guys
2: doing April 2020? You guys want to get that on the get schedule? Well, we I know are going to get do-
0: our players arrested before they actually get in the league. I was going to say <laughs> April 20th, oh, 2020. Smoking And you're going to have the draft like right around there. It's perfect. We might get a Laramie Tunsil the week of the draft. Ooh, <laughs> <Las Vegas. laughs> At the, the draft, day of maybe. the draft. In the green <laughs> <Yeah>. room. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. That would be incredible. <laughs> All right. So I'm not even kidding. The film notebook this week is really, really good. I had a chance actually to go through it. Uh, SLFL update. If only we were not PPR, we would be advancing. But instead, Kyle Rudolph, two catches, seven yards, enough to beat Odell Rogers by 0.9 points. What's PPR? Point per reception. Uh, we made
2: it through a whole fantasy season, and you don't know what PPR is? No, I didn't. Yeah. So because he got two points for each of those catches. Right. Uh, that's, yeah. That's hey, brutal. Congrats yeah. on making it through your first fantasy season. Yep, well, that's done. well done. Congrats on managing the team. left go.
0: It does suck. Keeping Washington's defense in there was a bad decision uh, by me. Uh, yeah. Odell was out. What was out.
1: the
2: other
0: one we were thinking about? Uh, no, that was my other league. That was that the Jacksonville-Houston. Oh, Houston. got
1: you. Okay. Who was our other defense we could have gone with on Sunday? I
0: could have scooped up somebody. Uh, yeah. But it's okay. It's all right. It was a good season. Oh, <laughs> oh you know what? Again, Odell not playing in our playoff game kind oh, of Oh, kind of hurt us. Yeah, kinda Odell Rogers. Us. Yes. Um, I want to apologize to the fans, Sims and Lefko, because when we were doing our podcast on Monday— I was using the iPhone alarm to transition between games. Oh, gotcha. This is that realization that everyone uses the same alarm sound, and we're all just humans that succumb to Pavlov's dog's theory. That
1: Mm, I know, Pavlov's dog theory really throws me for a loop.
0: Everything will cause a reaction. And so people hear that sound, and that's their sound that get the F out of bed. That's their sound that's like, you've just now burnt your chicken. So apparently a lot lot of people tweet
2: us and message us and be like, like the shot clock idea. Please don't ever use that sound effect again because it made them upset. It made them frantic. They panicked when they heard it. So,
0: so, we're going to have to just, we'll do like a fart a noise or something. A buzzer or something. You know, something Sims
1: and Left Yeah, we'll change the noise, but we got to yes. be a little more mentally strong, Sims and Left Co. listeners. We're going to self scout the, yeah, uh, the we Yeah, we got to self scout the listeners. They got to be able to overcome some obstacles every now and then, okay? Sometimes the
0: crowd's a little louder than you'd like, okay? Ooh, so really, <laughs> we're preparing them for the playoffs. Exactly. We're preparing them for See, that's what in we life. do. Uh, I, as you could tell from that cough, Coming down with something. Yeah, apparently. You were just scouring the office for emergency? I was. i just trying to get ahead of anything. You just pounded me. That was a bad decision. I know.
1: Trust me. I kind of gave it a light one. I gave it a light one, too. I'll go
2: get some hand
0: sanitizer mid-podcast. All I've consumed for the last two days is soup. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That stinks, man. I'm sorry. I just it's don't know. It's okay. Want to get there was sick. a lot of people coughing in the studio yesterday. I knew it was gonna to happen to me eventually. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: around. I know. My kids have had it. It's I had it. I hope I just don't get it again. That's what happens to me with no spleen. I will get the same sickness again, like a month after I've gotten better You're from
0: like it. the Sean McVeigh of sickness. Exactly. It's the same thing, just different variations. Exactly, right. Very good. You Very get good. jet sweep flu. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. He got jet sweep flu last week. I am i I I'm telling you guys he didn't do it. Let me let me tell you something when I get to the Rams Bears uh, film notes with Sims I was reading it going oh shit the NFC is up for grabs, so that's a little tease. Uh, Fendrick, you want to go through the holiday schedule for the next few weeks? Yeah, so just to
2: let everybody know what our schedule is looking like the next few weeks, uh, I have this in a spreadsheet, which has
0: been shared with both this of you. This is the benefit of working with Fendrick, is that a lot of people go, I don't know what's going to happen over the holidays, and Fendrick goes, I got it all figured out. Johnny,
1: spreadsheet. First of all, let's just do this on the air. The 31st of December, we're yes. doing the pod, right? 10.30 in the morning. 10.30 in the morning. I think I'm going to come here and do it. Okay.
2: Okay?
0: deal then i guess i have to come here and do it too
1: it said on the you thing that you tip. were coming anyways awesome Sorry. all Which right we so just say no i'll do i'll do that okay you want to come in here at yeah 10:30? i think i might have something i have to do here eventually anyways so perfect i have I my buddy
2: joe's wedding so i
0: forget if i had agreed to that or not
2: you said you were going to come here do it 10 30 to 11 30 and then, then leave for jersey city at 12 right. right okay Sick. so here's the schedule for the next couple weeks next week tuesday week 15 recap comes out like normal Thursday, we are doing, on Thursday morning, the Week 16 Picks podcast will come out that day. So it's a little different than our normal schedule. Week 16 Picks podcast comes out next Thursday. You better stay on me, dude. And we'll be all over it. Okay. And then on Friday, it will be a interview special with Champ Bailey coming out next Champ. Friday. So next week, Tuesday, Week 15 recap. Thursday, Week 16 Picks. Friday, Champ Bailey special. Week of Christmas, only two podcasts coming out that week. Tuesday the 25th, Christmas Day, the Week 16 recap is coming out. What a gift. What a gift. What a gift. gift. There you go. The two little elves here. It's going to come wrapped. Uh, Friday of Christmas week, I don't have the date down. That will be the Week 17 Picks podcast. So only two uh, podcasts coming out that week. Any that's, questions
1: so far? No, but that's the 28th that Friday. I believe.
2: Perfect. Yeah, if you could have the calendar pulled up, that would be great.
0: It's my brother's birthday. Shout out to brothers.
2: Whoa! Shout out. Man. Week of December 31st. Uh, week of New Year's. Tuesday, New Year's Day. Week 17 recap is coming out. We are taping a podcast on New Year's Eve. Maybe we'll do it. Should we do it around like 11 at night, and then we can have the podcast end with the ball drop? Absolutely
1: not. Perfect. We'll I will see you guys be too here. Stoned and drunk on tequila at that point. Very Perfect. True.
2: And then, uh, so yeah, New Year's week is going to be a normal week. New Year's Day, Week 17 recap comes out. Thursday week 17 film pod comes out and then Friday is our wild card weekend picks. So, Holy crap. I will tweet that in spreadsheet form if nice. anyone would like to print it out and put it up on their wall so yeah, we got the podcast sure everybody knows
0: We're going to keep working even during the holidays. But that is the schedule. Woo woo, mother hen, Johnny
1: Google
2: document. And I am done talking
0: for today's podcast. No nice. you're not.
1: First of all, are you washing these at any point or Simpson left co mugs I, that we're drinking yeah. water out of?
2: I, I put a little water in them and I swirled around and then I fill them back up.
1: You just swirled it out, so you're not getting the outside of the mouth Pieces no. or anything like that. No, uh, I would have expected more out of you. <laughs> and okay. Sims is no longer drinking Man, out of that. Gosh, well, damn!
0: I guess you're not drinking water damn. during this podcast. I'm just <laughs> doing
1: dirty cup, Josh. I'll clean the only you. other Don't thing worry.
0: that's happening today is there is a fly in the studio. I haven't seen it in a minute, and though. it's aggressive. It just tried to land in my hot chocolate. If anyone on the podcast kills the fly, you get thirty seconds to talk about whatever you want. Oh, that could be environment. Oh. That could be Google Docs. Right. That survivor. That could be Rutgers basketball. I'm going to kill kill this fly. If you kill the fly, Survivor Boy gets 30 seconds on Survivor. It's been one of the best seasons of Survivor. You didn't kill the fly yet. Okay. Okay. All right.
1: I'm going Mr. Miyagi style and getting this thing.
0: I have my thing ready to go. (laughs) Carson Wentz might be done for the year. Yeah. Back spasms. Yeah. Someone DM'd me and they asked, "Do you think Carson's been hurt for a while?" And I turned that question to you. My one friend said. Whenever he's hurt, his face turns red, and he's been red all season. So I don't know. A little theory. That's funny. A little theory.
2: Uh, I,
1: I would argue I, that everything
0: about Carson is red. Right, right,
1: exactly. I can't. I don't see anything that no jumps out to me to say. is there a play think, in the you know, Dallas exactly game? That's exactly what I'm trying to think of. Is there a play? Because yeah, he was dialing them up. Whatever at the it end. is. Now you know throwing. Is very stressful on the lower back. There's a reason you've seen Tony Romo with back problems. Ben Roethlisberger's had him. Troy Aikman had him. Your quarterback at Syracuse a few weeks ago yes. played the next week. It is very stressful on that lower All back part. Right. So the torquing, you take a hit and get twisted the wrong way uh sometimes it can go out it's just like a golfer with back back issues at times but that's I why i always anything. thought
0: with tony romo i thought it was the amount of golf he played I'm sure that plus basketball yeah. was like exponentially worse for his career i would i would think it's put a lot of pressure there i am an eagles fan that believes that the eagle season is already over right i don't see a reason to play carson wentz yep but i will say that i have fear of one thing yeah that Nick Foles goes into L. A. and hangs up 450 yards <laughs> and four touchdowns, and we go through an entire off season of Foles versus Wentz. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. Uh, I know. I don't think we have to have that fear. I'm curious
0: they're... how much the line dropped uh, when Carson Wentz. What was, was the announced. line originally? I can tell you. Know? you. Yeah. I'll pull it up.
1: But I would think like the Rams are what eight point favorites.
0: Am I weird that I don't like to play the miracle game where, like, I'm hearing Giants fans be like, here are the nine things that we need to have happen for us to make the playoffs. I just don't really partake in it. Yeah. Is that weird?
1: No, I don't think it is either. I, I don't think I'm like that either until it starts to get really close and narrowed down to one or two things. Yeah, like, like one or two I'm things. I'm not going to sit here and try to keep track of like, oh, these nine amazing things have to happen. Or like
0: for the Browns. Right. It's like, I look at the AFC, I got my seven teams that I'm interested in for the six spots. Yes. The five teams that are there right. and either Colts or Ravens right. for the six. I'm with you there. NFC, all of the division winners that right. are currently listed. Right. Seahawks, and then we're either going... Vikings or who?
1: I, I'd rather see Carolina than the Vikings in. Wow, that's is awful. I know, but at least the Carolina I just go damn. Who it's else Cam up there? Newton, Vikings, that'd... Carolina, and then you got Philadelphia. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, see, I would rather see at least Cam Newton and that even offense, if, even though it's hurt Cam Newton. Yeah, I still would rather
0: see it. I, feel I like would I give like it a to see chance. Vikings without offensive coordinator De Filippo.
1: Right. I guess there's just a part of me that I don't want to see like Vikings Bears first round again. That's what I am. I just like eh. take the under.
2: Are oh, yeah. So how Rams, did the odds? So the Rams opened as eight and a half point favorites. What and they like Twelve and a half. They are as high as twelve and a half. Um, that was a good guess. It's actually all over the place. Nine, ten and a half, eleven, twelve and a half. So depending upon where you bet, the line is different. I,
0: I honestly, I know our betting show is tomorrow. The Eagles played two games. There's like two games because that overtime period. And their defense had ninety three snaps. I saw on your sheet. Yeah. And their secondary is a mess. And they don't generate pressure with their front four. And Nick Foles, I'm laying the wood. Bro.
1: Oh, I mean. I mean, I'm, they might
0: win by 20 I'm not
1: going to lie. I was thinking about. What, $400 bet. I mean, I was thinking about going 1360. That wow. hard. I could just go all. It like, feels
0: like the Saints-Eagles game that we saw. Like, it feels like it's going to be right. that again. And you're going to get the
1: Rams pissed off, That's back at mean. home, all of those Ready things. Ready to right. show the
0: world what they're really. Okay. Right. Yeah. So expect a lot of money on that tomorrow. <laughs> speaking of the vikings
1: damn that stinks really do you think you would have bet that money if carson wentz didn't get hurt
0: yes okay yeah
2: dude i'm so like i'm they're so done
0: like i have my guy picked
2: the cowboys to win the division
0: so you know where his head's at (laughs) yeah i just like to be right yeah uh monday night football vikings saints i want to start here vikings seahawks excuse me yeah the amount of slander directed at Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. during that game and after that game needs to be addressed. Yeah, What were you thinking as you were hearing
1: yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's just to me, I always go back to the word lazy, okay? It's just a lazy take. It's just to go, what's different from last year, from this year? Oh, the quarterback, it must be him. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I go back to, I think about Stefan Diggs when we talked to him last time. He goes, if you don't think Kirk Cousins is playing really good, then I don't know what you're watching. I mean, that comment was not a political answer. That was a, like, no, he's doing awesome. We have issues. They are a two-trick pony. And it was, if you have one-on-one, let's throw to Diggs or Thielen. That's it. And that's it. And what's happened, and Seattle did stuff. It's all right. Seattle did stuff. That we saw New England do a little bit, and I haven't watched this film yet, but just
0: some of the replays we talked about. You were saying that you were seeing the defense not doing the cover three press, bail, Dublin, Thielen and Diggs, and saying, creative concepts. Prove me, prove me, prove me. You can throw to somebody else and make it happen. And I heard your Lombardi, your your boy Lombardi, your boy, your guy Lombardi yeah. talking about it, saying that. De Filippo attacks schemes, right? Like he was coming out with his cover three press, bail beaters instead of calling an offense. Yeah, pretty right. Much. Yeah, yeah. I I think that. Um, but everyone likes to throw Kirk Cousins eighty four million dollars in his face. It's all. It's all. It's
1: about. It's all I ever hear about is the the money and he. He's got to carry the team all by himself. I mean, damn. So, but, but see, so this is where I have no problem with people being critical of Kirk Cousins, but my my answer to it would be. Then, if we're going to be critical of him, then where is the criticism of Matt Ryan? He's making more money and his team's doing worse. Where, where is it? I don't understand. It. See, that's where Damn. I just don't get football. We credit, we just
0: find guys and we go. He is looks be- fun to criticize. Is it because the Vikings are in the playoff race and the Falcons are not? I guess so. I'm because sure. I'm not hearing any criticism about Matt Stafford right now. You know what I mean? You're right. And I think it's just because when you're not in the race, right. nobody really gives I a I guess shit. you're
1: right. That's probably really Maybe. part of it. No, no. I think that's probably a big part of it. I think you're right there.
0: Uh, we did have a question on YouTube from Muhammad Hersay. With John Filippo getting fired, what can Stefanski do to improve the Vikings' outfit? <laughs> no, I, I mean,
1: I think really... The 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 reason it was changed more than anything is just the run game. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, Zimmer is a Bill Parcells disciple. He's a defensive coach. Those two things in itself lead it to run the football. You know, I, I think of like... uh you know, whoever it was, J- Jim Schwartz a few weeks ago when they played the when they played the Saints, he goes, when I look at Sean's offense, it's awesome, but I also, I can imagine Bill Parcells in his ear going, yes. run the ball here, Sean.
0: You write down, like for the Cowboys, right. you wrote down three different running games. Right. One thing that I'm not able to do when I watch games yeah. is to identify run scheme. I just, I don't have that ability. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't tell if a team runs the same thing all the time. I can't see that yet. Yeah. I'm not adept at pulling up, pulling guards and all that. Yeah. The Vikings run offense. I'm hearing from a lot of people, it just wasn't imaginative at all. No. Because when the media talks about it, they look at carries. Right. And they look at run versus pass play calls. Yes. But like the runs that they did do Were they creative? Were they good? Was it good scheme? No, not at all.
1: It's basic stuff. It's the same two or three schemes all the time. It's either inside zone or it's uh, let's do the Philadelphia Eagles, Chip Kelly, pull everybody. It's almost like an outside zone, but there's pulling guards that go along with it. It was one or two of those things. And Shermer, on the other hand, um, is more like a... He's a true man-to-man, for the most part, type of blocker. He wants to pull guards. He wants to trap defensive tackles. He wants to do things like that. And it's more of a smash-mouth, downhill running style. Of course, he has the zone scheme involved there. Everybody's got both. But uh, I think that's where they really lacked. let alone forget the schemes, just the lack of patience with it. Mm. And to me, it always goes back to the new thing of – it's the quarterback whisperer thing. Yes. Everybody thinks they're going to get their next head coaching job as long as the quarterback's numbers look good.
0: I, I'm i going to say this right now. I think with Stefanski, that there, it's not going to be as big as a jump like Freddie Kitchens, but I think when you have a guy that was in-house for a few years and was being groomed, yes. do not forget, Zimmer blocked for Stefanski from joining Shermer in New York right. with the Giants. Right. I believe that it's going to bring some consistency back to that offense. They could have won that game easily. Seahawks no. Seahawks crapped the bed. Well they, yeah, they blew so times. many
1: opportunities, right? What did
0: you think about the Seahawks offense? T Bar thirty one on YouTube says, Can you guys please talk about Rashad Penny getting better every game? Yeah. Talk about him, but also like I didn't think that was a great Seahawks offensive performance. I mean, the interception from Russ alone.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it was a bad interception. Again, I'll remind everybody too, if um we had David Moore drag his feet properly. It would have been a touchdown there. That would have never happened. Good point. But, hey, that was a, you know, I still like the Seahawks offense, especially what they do in the run game. I think Rashad Penny is going to be special. and Every time
0: he touches, it's like It, four it yards. looks
1: pretty damn good, right. And I don't even think he's totally healthy uh, after what ankle. we saw from that Packers, whatever it right. was, foot, ankle injury, either way. Yes, the The passing game is never going to blow you away in Seattle. They kind of want to just run the ball. Their philosophy is run the ball, control the clock, defensive coach and Pete Carroll, right? Yes. And then they want to just go, okay, now we got some one-on-ones, and we got Lockett, and we got... David Moore and a few of these other guys. Baldwin's been hurt. And Baldwin's been hurt, but either way, and then they're just going to go, all right, we'll do some play actions and some shots off of that when right. we have some man to man shots because Russell is a great deep ball thrower, and that's it. But I don't ever watch the Seahawks offense and go, like, oh, wow, these pass game schemes are unbelievable. Right. It's really about their run game, and they just want to take a few shots, and they usually capitalize
0: on it. So th- something really big happened this <laughs> week, Sims. Yeah really big really and I don't even think you saw it and it's rare right so over this Mm offseason Ben Baskin of Sports Illustrated wrote an article it was an article that included the quote my arm strength is probably too strong (laughs) the ballad of Davis Webb yes well just today the New York Daily News Manish Mehta wrote an article about Davis Webb oh my gosh he's back I've read it and I've I've boiled it down to a few things. Yeah. First, what we've learned. The Jets' third-string quarterback rises at 5:02 every day. He's literally the first player in the building. He eats early bird dinners, he leaves the team facility at 8, and he goes to bed by 9. I will say all of the quotes from the Jets were very glowing. It's good. Darnold said he's a super hard worker, awesome to have around. When he doesn't have a lot of energy, Davis brings it out in him. Jermaine Kerr said he watches a lot of film. And they emphasize, like he said it like that. Right, right. And McCagnin says he's been outstanding off the field, shows talent, interested in his development. Mm -hmm. The big reason it was a thing is he said, I want to start in this league. Yeah. Out of all due respect, he goes, Sam, he deserves it. He's the best quarterback on this team. Yeah, He deserves it. But in the end, I want to start. The Jets are trying to groom him to be the backup. Right. He's going to be an exclusive rights free agent after this season. Right. The fact that he's back is insane. It is. And I'm just curious are you upset that an article was even written about him again? Yeah, I think
1: it's a little weird. (laughs) I do. I I want you to get it out. I mean, it's just like to me, it's again, it's a third string quarterback, and we're going to focus on that this time of the year. I mean, again, there, he is an intriguing prospect. We know that. I mean, he does have size. He's got decent athleticism, and there's the flies on the thing. Get it, left, go. Get it.
0: Uh, it's gonna get hot chocolate everywhere. Move fly, Don't. move fly. Oh, I couldn't. Do uh, it. I didn't want to splash. Now I can't drink.
1: But he's an intriguing. Uh, he is an intriguing prospect. I understand that. I mean, there are some starting caliber traits there, but yes, this point of the year to be doing this yes. again. No, the first thing I think of here in this situation is, okay, did Manny Schmeta approach the Jets about this? Because I have a hard time believing that. <laughs> I, I have a hard time Manny was like, well,
0: let me look at this. There's all these things going with the team. Hmm. Well, he said that he goes, look, this is a guy that might be the future. Maybe in that three-week span... The future for who? Well, no, he's saying maybe in that span in which Sam Darnold was hurt, maybe instead of playing Josh McCown, you played this guy. Yeah. Whatever. I agree with you. Why did that... So wait, what's your conspiracy theory? So my conspiracy theory is,
1: so did he reach out to the Jets? Or is Davis Webb's agent setting these things up and going, Who's hey, his agent? Do I don't know? know. I'm just saying, but that hey, out? Manish, you know, can you do a little thing? I mean, that's how that crap works. And I Manish sh- is
0: such a political writer. I talked to some people at the Jets, and right. they really do love Davis Webb. Yeah, that's cool. But also at the
1: same time, I think, um, what was the thing I was going to say there? I can't remember. It's just odd either way. There was a, what was the comment I was making before you said, what was your conspiracy theory there? What was I about to say? I can't remember either way.
0: Well, do you, you no, like you know why they didn't oh, yeah. play him? Because they still had a chance? No, because, oh,
1: oh, let's let's play him so he can do awesome, and then we can talk about mm. this, and this is going to be a thing in the off season, And then if Sam Darnold starts off slow next year, we can go, well, Davis Webb looked good in those three meaningless right. games. Right, right, right. That's right. why. He's the guy. Part of, the guy.
0: Yes, exactly right. You like the Avengers, right? I do. Okay. Love the Avengers. When a new Avengers is released, mm-hmm. there's two stages. There's the press release and then there's the movie trailer. This article is the press release for an upcoming movie. Nick, if I can get some music.
1: Please. Is this a new one or are we still talking about Davis Webb here?
0: If you could have one second, please. Please sit back. The, the movies are going. All right, let's see if I can do this without coughing and dying. After a season of silence, deep in a cave now glossed in green, a tale turns at 5.02 a.m. The only eyes in the building focused on film, binders clutched in its claws. A man facing insurmountable odds. A quarterback ready to seize his rightful throne as the King of New York. Coming in offseason 2019, Davis Webb returns in. Return of the Dragon. This time, he's an exclusive rights-free agent. Davis Webb, 2019. You excited for it? Are you going to be ready for this? No. Dude, I love <laughs> how excited Josh and I got when we saw this article, because it, I think it's hilarious, and I love how much it upsets you.
1: Well, I, it's just weird. I don't think it's a good look for him. I really don't. Did I, you
2: find out who his agent was? Uh, he's with Wasserman, but mm-hmm. I don't know who who represents him. Gotcha. you got to figure out who
0: represents Manish Mehta. If you want to play the long game. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Because I, I do know. know my agent represents some people. Yeah. Yeah. And nothing's ever happened like that. Yeah, but no,
1: no, it it would be, it'd be interesting. Damn, that
0: would be a great conspiracy theory.
1: If the agent reached out to
0: him, I just saw that today. I just started.
1: Or, or it's just Manish. Just Manish is so connected with the Jets and some of that, to where yeah, they could have told him something like that. He got all in that right.
0: Who knows. Yeah. Uh all right, so let's go in the film notebook, Rams I love that Bears. We're
2: week fifteen here, and we just spent ten of the first thirty minutes of our podcast on Davis Webb.
0: I don't love it's, it, but let's go. I love it. Very <laughs> on brand for Sims and the Atomic let's go. Roosters on YouTube said Fangio Scheme versus McVeigh. Uh Joyce Nader Gaming said I'd love to hear about Rams Bears. Uh so let's get right into it. I've gone through the notes. Good. I'm gonna point out the ones that are interesting and then kind of go into it. Yep. You you wrote um the great thing about Fangio's linebackers and safeties... First thing, can we just start here? here? Is that I'm you sorry. forgot that they started on the 15 and only got three? Exactly. And I, that they also got three on the fake punt drive? I just wanted, Which made the Bears' performance even better on exactly. defense?
1: And I just really, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to, like... I didn't see the beginning of the game. I want to emphasize how hard that is and how you have to be truly special to go hmm, we're sitting on the sidelines, we're watching our team, right? We're just sitting there, okay, we're going to have to get ready here in a minute. All offense is going. They're on a drive, kind of moving the ball. Okay, we're on the hot seat there and kind of getting warmed up. Hey, we're moving the ball here. This would be cool, yeah. Defense is up! Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh they intercepted it. Okay, let me get my helmet on. Take my coat off. Okay, we gotta get out there. Oh shit! It's the best offense in football. They're at the fifteen yard line, and we gotta get on our shit like right now. We can't have like a one play like let's get used to shit thing. This is like we gotta stop them now, or this game could be big trouble right away. Yeah, I mean that. In football world, in my eyes, is that's tough.
0: So you like, would say when there's an early turnover and the defense has to go on the field more often than not, they're going to score. Like, I would say so. Yes, mm.
1: that's a special defense that can handle that situation and still keep their mental wits about them. Yes, and understand what they're trying to accomplish as a whole instead of just being flustered with everything. So that sorry, that's where I just wanted to just give some props to that.
0: The number one thing that kept popping up in your notes, yeah is how the Bears D-line whooped Yes. There were 72 seemingly mentions of some different types of ass whoopings. You said the Bears D-line is the Rams kryptonite. You said Leonard Floyd deserves a lot more credit. You said that Khalil Mack is so good with 5 O's that the Bears actually did not have to blitz until the third quarter and were still able to do it. You went down the line of the Rams offense and went none of these guys have a good matchup with this Bears D-line. None of them. It was that big of an ass whoop
1: It was that big of an ass whoop Had
0: you seen a team do this to the Rams no, offensive line? No,
1: nobody's done this to the Rams offensive line. Saints,
0: Saints D-line's pretty good.
1: Yeah, it is, but it's not on the level of this D-line. This d lines I mean, they're special D-line. You know, I think the first thing you talk about, of course, we know Mac, Donald, whoever, those two are the two best defensive players of football. I mean, Mac is that good. And he gave Whitworth and Havenstein all they can handle. I mean, they were outmatched there. And that's not saying much. I mean, Khalil Mac is going to outmatch just about anybody for the most part. So that, okay. But... What gets in trouble is, you know what they do a lot of the times too, Lefko, is they try to slide the line towards Mack. So then Whitworth, of course, can go, I'm going to set outside really hard because my guard's sliding over here too, and he can kind of play the inside move. But what happens with that is then, because of that, either the guard or center are manned up with Akeem Hicks. And if there is a kryptonite with the Rams offense, it is the two guys in the middle. 66, the two guards. The center and the guard. Uh-oh. Oh, one of the guards is is totally fine. Saffold's fine. Oh, Saffold's a beast. But the he's up- one
0: of those humans that you go, that's an absurd looking human.
1: Body. Yeah, I mean, he's athletic. He can yeah. do it all. He's really great. But the other two at Sullivan. And Blythe. They were issues, and they got whooped continually through the football game. Uh Whether it was Goldman or Hicks did not matter. Yes, they are both great. And then you get the Roy Robertson-Harris in there, and you start to cycle through. But, yes, that's the first thing they do to you because you go, okay, we got a slide to help out just a little on Khalil Mack, but they're so good, it's really hard for most offensive lines to feel good about the rest of the matchups on your O-line.
0: Yeah, so you said the matchup will be tough, whether this is in L.A. or Chicago. This is the defense that matches up with them.
1: It's the defense that matches up with them. Yes, it is.
0: Because it doesn't matter about the pass catchers. It doesn't matter about the athletes. If you can't block those monsters up front, nothing matters.
1: Nothing matters. And as we always say with Fangio, which I always love, and you've heard me say this for three years now, he errs on stopping the pass. He doesn't go, I'm going to bring my safety right up to the line of scrimmage to stop a run and make it two yards. He goes, I got a fucking awesome defensive front. They're going to stop it. I'm gonna, yeah. You know, If they get five, okay. And if they start to do it consistently, then maybe I'll do it. But he, they were never worried about the play action all night. They just said, our guys will do it. Damn. We're not worried about Roquan Smith and everybody having to fly up in there and stop it. We believe our guys can control that part of it. You did write this. Yeah. Goff is
0: playing scared. Yeah. Yeah. And has bad mechanics.
1: Yes, golf's motion was weird during the game. He got into this real. So golf is what I would call a handy thrower.
0: You got a football behind you. Oh you okay. yeah, I didn't know what you meant by that. Yeah. You kept saying too much hand.
2: Too
1: much hand. Like you know, you see, you see a Rogers, right? Rogers, Rogers stays here. Brady stays here. Golf can get his arm like really wide open like this, and he tries to just do it with his wrist almost through it, right?
0: Instead of making it instead one instead of all motion. making
1: it one thing. This should. Really break until like the very end, and they keep tight arm angles, like really good throwers. Even Patrick Mahomes is flexible, as it is, it very rarely loses this 90 degree. You don't get it
0: away from your body,
1: yeah, right. Well now in awful let it get too far out here you lose the centrifugal force exactly right and it becomes almost a little bit of an independent contractor yep. and if you're not on that day and just don't have it going and okay now it's it's a little cold and the ball slick and you don't have it going and you're a hand thrower like that the ball wobbles a little and the Chicago wind, it'll explode on you. So
0: this has been happening for a while. This is not just this game.
1: This is what he does a little bit. If there oh. was a flaw with him as a thrower, this is what he does. But we saw it come to the top because it was a cold weather game and he was a little uncomfortable yeah. and he just wasn't on his game. But his motion got very over the top at times too, like more than normal where I was going, man, what what is going on here? He threw some screwballs in the game. I don't know any other way to say it where I just go, Whoa, that spin on that ball and it dove into the ground. Like nobody's gonna be able to catch that. But he was he had people and around. You know him. He was scared. I don't know if he was Well, scared. yeah, I know. I know. It. But I just he was um seeing some ghosts at the time moving like out of the pocket, like I told you with the interception when they were backed up on their own end zone. Yeah. You know, he – moved into his left tackle he didn't really have to if he just stood there and threw it he was going to be fine but he had had people around him and he wasn't comfortable and he just wanted to move to get extra space but he backed up into his left tackle who was trying to block huh. the Khalil Mack and then he hits him and the ball doesn't go anywhere so when but his decision making wasn't like even confident either where i've seen him come out and just come out firing he was second guessing himself and patting the ball uh and yeah it just
2: wasn't one of his fine performances so when mcveigh watches all of the stuff that you just talked about on film yeah is this all correctable for an nfc playoff game or is this stuff where it's just i'm limited by my personnel and it is what it is no it's it's
1: it's correctable hey This game could have been closer. They dropped a few balls. I wouldn't depend on Goff throwing four dumb interceptions like he did the next time you play around. But the next time they play, McVay will have the advantage to a degree because he's going to go, okay, I can't do the same game plan. I have to do something remarkably different this time around to change how they attacked us. And he will come up with something through that. And... Yes. I mean, I would expect Jared Goff. This, again, it's a learning experience. This is a young football team. It's really the first time they've ever been in this type of environment. On the road, cold game, Sunday night football. Prime time. Prime time, right. So this was – it is, again, like I said, I mean, Gurley's in his third year. Go, I mean, fourth year. Gurley – I mean, Goff's in his third year. I mean, it's just – they're still learning how to be battle-tested and manage football games like this.
0: You did right on the other side, the Bears are a tough matchup for the Rams' D. They spread you out and the Rams don't have enough big people to stop them in their sets. Yes. You said that Trubisky's interceptions were bad. Yes. One was a floater. One was a bad decision. Right. One was a bad throw. Right. And you wrote with an exclamation point that he's stepping in the bucket. The bucket. Right. So, so um, okay, for... For
1: any quarterback out there, and we're talking about a righty, okay? So if you're a righty quarterback out there and you want to throw the ball to 12 o'clock, just imagine you're standing in the middle of a clock, Does right? your
0: left foot go to 12 o'clock? It
1: should go slightly to the left. 1130. It should go to 1130. Exactly right. So then your upper body can rotate through and you're not blocked off by your lower body right. being like, wait, I can't even twist through it. My le- my leg's at 12 and I can't get all the way through So you want to be slightly open. So but, let me
0: guess, was his foot at 9? Exactly. That. that that's kind of the thing. bucket.
1: That's the bucket. He's almost not he's not stepping to the target. He's almost stepping backwards or sideways, right? It's not a let me throw it there and get my momentum going there. Let me throw it there and my momentum's going here.
0: Psychologically, why would a person do that? I would think Are they trying to avoid the rush? Are they trying to guide it more? I think it's a more of a guiding. Because you're it opening thing yourself up a more little
1: like yes, a little bit Yes. darts. Exactly. A little bit. And he's normally not like that. Um, that's why I'm like. I'm not terribly concerned with his performance. I think some of the throws he missed, he will hit. They were some dumb dumb decisions, too. I know he was sitting on the wall behind you like the whole time. He loved your, your chocolate. Uh, it's the I hot know. chocolate. Just drowned him right he's now. He's in there. Drowned what do I do? Just wait, like
0: push him? I don't know. See. See.
1: Oh. Did he get him? He, he's in there, I think. I think I trapped it. He did. Right,
2: let's let him sit there for a minute.
1: Yeah.
0: Should I just shake it? I don't want to ruin the mouse pad. Oh no, not the mouse pad. I don't let think Bleacher Report can afford he's gonna it. Go, he's going to go for a bath in the hot chocolate. That means that Josh is going to get to do Survivor talk. Great move by you. Stay tuned, everybody. We're talking Survivor. The yeah, we don't podcast. know if it's in there, but we have a guess. It's probably in there. All right, so keep going. Yeah. You, so he, that, you weren't terribly concerned about Trubisky. I'm not terribly concerned about it. I thought a lot he of people saw, are.
1: I, he saw the field. Well, that's what another thing that's hilarious, right? We are more concerned about the guy who threw three interceptions in the game than the guy who threw four. That's the first thing I noticed Monday morning. We were, everybody was more talking about Trubisky's bad play than they were about Jared Goff, which was mind-blowing because Goff was the MV, in the MVP conversation like four weeks ago. Yes, But now he just gets a free pass for throwing four interceptions on the road with the
0: best offense in football, or second best. And I just want to give a shout-out so, to listener Sean McVay for listening to Sims and going simpler on defense. Thank you. They definitely did. Way to go Sean. Hope yeah. you're listening to this in your Tesla. <laughs> but yes, um I think um so you wrote I, you I think his best line right, on this right. about being simple yeah. was Richard Sherman got paid a lot of money playing zone. Right, it's a good line. Thank you. You don't got to, you don't got to be doing press, man. You don't got to be going up in the face. Richard Sherman made a lot of money playing. So. Exactly right. Drop Peters back. Drop to lead back. Exactly Let those right. guys get up there. Right. Donald will get pressure.
1: I liked their defensive approach in this game better than any game I've seen the whole year. That's good going they, forward. It is good going forward. You know they don't need to do crazy, crazy stuff on defense. They got crazy, crazy players as is. Right, so for them to have aggressive players along with an aggressive scream, it's like two negatives equal pot, op- it's like those two together that's dangerous, yes. Aaron Donald is going to go through the gap he wants to sometimes, no matter what because he's just going to go, I got this guy set up I'm going inside here because he's been playing me outside and I'm going to go and see if I can make a play Marcus Peters is going to go for a pick six eventually, you don't so need to call the you stop. don't need to call yes. the defense to go I'm going to try to set him up for the pick six because what happens in those cases, then it goes going, oh, 70 yards right down the middle. Nobody's there because we were going for the jugular instead of just playing defense. So I like that approach. But back to the main point, too, is like the Bears' offense is a tough matchup for the Rams' D. You know, just like the next time around, I say the Bears' D is not going to be able to rely on, you know, golf playing that bad and McVay will have some new tricks. Well, it'll be the same thing for the Bears, too. When the Bears play the Rams the next time around, you know, I wouldn't count on Trubisky missing some of those throws. right? And also, Nagy's going to have a better feel for some of the things they did that he didn't expect them to do as a whole to play them. But the Bears are tough to defend for a team like the Rams, who they want to win with their speed and chaos – But the Bears, you have to respect their spread sets because they have speed out there. Yes. And then they have an offensive line that's a nice blend of not overly big people, but big people who are pretty athletic, too.
0: So it negates some of what the Rams are so good at. NFL's all about matchups. It is all about matchups. Speaking of matchups, this is not one that you've watched on film, but I have two questions. Yeah. Steelers, Raiders. Right. We're going to go there now. Okay. Are you buying Big Ben's excuse no. about old medical equipment in Oakland? Well, yeah, there's, all, there's, I'm sure there was old medical equipment. What, what did he have to see? So um, the story was what that there was an old X-ray machine that took a while to what warm up. And it, he and said he
2: was waiting for the technician, and then it took him a while. So you to don't get believe to...
1: that? Well, no, I believe that. I buy that. It's the Oakland Coliseum. It is a shithole. It was an amazing
0: Leftco PR move. So because <laughs> what you do is you find the one thing that everyone's going to go, oh yeah, Oakland, what a shit box, and then you're Scott free it was a beautiful move because they might have the most up-to-date x-ray machine ever but if you said they got a crappy x-ray machine i'm believing it a thousand it's percent. a good one and yes he,
1: but but my point is why did it matter like you played at the end of the half you felt okay yeah i'm sure you weren't perfect
0: so that that's all my point is. My point, this is the captain. Your point is it's not about procedure. It's about pain tolerance. Yeah. And if you were able to play at the end, it doesn't matter if it came back as positive or negative. doesn't really matter. is right.
1: I mean, and, and if you're sitting there on the sidelines and you're not, like, in a miserable pain and everything's gone, like, well, you needed the doctor to tell, like, what if it was cracked your red. Are you just going to go, oh, I'm not going to play? Or are you going to go, let me see if I can throw it and try to make right. it happen here?
0: I mean, plenty of quarterbacks have played with cracked ribs before. Yeah, but what kind of injuries have you played through? Have... <laughs> uh question for you. I was thinking, I thought this after the Denver game. Yeah. I felt more so after the Raiders game. Right. Convince me that Antonio Brown is a better wide receiver than Juju. Yeah, I know. It's a tough one. Because... He's more
1: versatile. I'll give him that.
0: Because I'm at a point now yeah. where I think Juju might be a better wide receiver than Antonio Brown. I think, I think he's faster. I think he's a bigger is target, bigger, right? Yeah. I believe that um, he can get open on more different types of cornerbacks. I I don't disagree with that either. I, Juju's the better outside receiver. I'll say that right off the bat. Antonio Brown is undoubtedly a better slot receiver right. than Juju, and then you're, I,
1: but I like Juju better on crossers. He's because he's fearless and he can use his size. You're right. I mean, he's not amazing that, at it.
0: I have seen Juju take so many balls, 40-50 yards, and go right. Haven't really seen Antonio Brown do it once this no, year.
1: I, I know these are things that you know. You know, again, I think if we went back in time and when he just didn't have a straight shot of catching a ball with nobody around him. I think it would be harder to find some of those plays on Antonio Brown than people realize, like where, oh, he caught a slant and broke a tackle and then outran a bunch of people down the sideline and broke somebody's you know angle that they had for a long touchdown. You know, he – he I think I said it last week, maybe it was the week before. They need to put him in the slot more. That's where Antonio Brown's the best. I believe that was last week, but maybe it was the week before because I think that's a part of their offense they're missing. Like we were talking about having to find that third receiver, yes. right? And I think they are at their best when they use Antonio inside more, and then you keep Juju outside for whatever it may be, and, and a sparing deep cross or a shallow cross and things like that. But as an outside receiver left call, I am with you. Juju is special. He's special. He really is. He's unbelievable at adjusting to the ball. I would
0: take Juju over Thielen. I would, too. I, I would take Juju I over had Diggs. Them. I would, too. I would take Juju over Devontae Adams. I would take Juju. I would think Juju is the sixth or seventh best wide receiver in the NFL. I I, I know when we did this yeah, whole you thing,
1: I think I had him at eight at the time, I'll maybe, somewhere in there. I think I had Thielen maybe one spot ahead of him. I mean, it's every at week seven, with Juju. It's every week. And again like you and I have seen him before Juju for all those that are out there a Juju's big a big dude. He don't be tr- fooled by that number 19. Like this guy was like a strong safety going into college. And That's what they recruited him at USC.
0: As. Right. So you know he's an upper echelon athlete. No doubt about
1: that. Yes. Yeah, I just... But it's a good conversation. I I think it's worth throwing out there to the fans at this point. I mean it really is. I mean again You know, I got a lot of flack for him putting him in the top ten over people like Michael. Got him at nine. Nine, okay, for putting him in front of people like Michael Thomas and things like that. You know what's funny about football? I mean, Juju's fourth in football and receiving yards right now. Yeah, you know, uh, Adam Thielen's third now. Tyree Kill number two with yards now. Okay, he has climbed up the ladder. And Julio is the only one beating. But this is where I just like to talk about the quarter the wide receiver thing that's so amazing about what Tyreek Hill is doing. Out of the people that are leading football in yardage, there's only two guys that have like the yards per catch like Tyreek Hill does. They're on another level of what they're doing. Kyrie Kill and Mike Evans are the only two guys that are up there at the 17 yards per reception category out of the guys that are league leaders in yardage department. That's, to me, that's a special thing. I mean, that, that to me, means to me that when you're getting the ball, you're striking. Whether that's slants you're breaking a tackle on or your absolute vertical down the field speed is such a weapon uh, that it's backing defenses off, and when you run cro- deep crossers or in cuts, it's twenty yard gains. So I just think those are they're interesting little nuggets.
0: The number one receiver in the NFL at twenty plus yard receptions is Tyree Kill. The number one uh, receiver at forty plus yard receptions is Tyree Kill. Ooh, Antonio Brown is second at forty plus yards. Yeah. and I feel like a lot of them were deep bombs. It's it's just a different type of. Uh, Antonio's going to catch it when it's forty five yards in the air right. better. Uh, Juju for me is a guy that's going to take it ten and then take it forty.
1: Yes, I, I would totally agree with that.
0: Okay, let's keep going.
1: Yep. Sorry. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys.
0: This is from a Reddit user Sami Salo. Papa Cigar, Amari Cooper thought, which I love that. <laughs> he's thinking about Amari Cooper and he's wondering if when Amari went from a top class facility at Alabama and from everything he's heard, the absolute garbage facilities in Oakland could that have messed with him and now he's in Dallas where it's right back to the Alabama standard of a really quality facility and then he asked is he too baked is he too baked the guy asking the question said is that true or oh. am i too baked no no i think that's a i think it's a you're having a good strand right now that sounds like a it's Alaskan not going it's not it's not going to like change
1: him as a player i think it's a good thought I mean, that's a good back porch, daddy cigar thought because there is, it is true. Like NFL players get to me. I'll give you his case in point. Number one,
0: Texas to to
1: Texas. And I was like, I mean, we were the best facility in football and I got drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I drove up and I was like, damn trailers. Our, we got trailers connected to our facility? Where the fuck am I? Am I back in high school? Wait, my high school locker room was better than this. Hold on. What am I back in? Pee-wee football? We were at Oakland's training camp. Right. It it's was at, at a, a high, high school. school. They're at a high school gym. I know. So it can be underwhelming for some of these big school stars when they come to the pros and they go, damn, like... This is, I'm, it's way less cutting edge of a facility as compared to where I was in college. It's finally getting there in the NFL. Teams have finally realized that it increases their team worth when they have these big facilities, right? Makes so it they're, better for free agents. So they're exactly. So they're starting to build all these Is things. Showing finally. up
2: in Dallas, like showing up in Austin if you're a high school recruit. Like you get to Dallas and you just can't believe what the Cowboys
0: have.
1: Yeah. So okay. It's like Dallas would be, I would say, in that upper echelon of like Professional organizations in the NFL. It's funny,
0: them and the Mavericks, both in Dallas, are like the upper level yeah. of treating players like professional athletes. Right, right. I mean, they have a, their 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 football facility is the Ford Center,
1: right? And they have a twenty five thousand dollar stadium that's connected to their football facility. So yeah, you get $25,000? Twenty five thousand seat. Uh, uh, sorry, like they'll mm-hmm. play big high school. That's <laughs> a really cheap, great stadium. deal. Jerry knows how to do it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean. Um, Dallas is a special organization. I, I, I I'll say this, like there's some organizations that are like, I always look some of the original organizations. I know that I constantly am told by coaches who go maybe their first time to the Giants or the Steelers, or I'll even throw the Ravens or the Patriots, or let me just see who else I'm missing here. Both the teams. Uh, yep. I'm just thinking of anybody else. Chicago, I mean, the, the uh, Bears being one. Uh the Dallas Cowboys being another where I would say are in these list of yes, there are these old teams where coaches get there and they go, Man, this is what professional football is all about. Like it's just it's a little bit of a different atmosphere. It's more professional on a daily basis, the owners walking around the building. You know, it's just like, Oh, okay, I'm not, you know, I don't want to Yeah,
0: my main question would be what's the difference? What's like, the, like, like, what's happening in Tampa that's not happening in New York?
1: They're not, you know, New York's not having meetings at the Hooters to go over their players. Uh, who's going to get cut? During, they have
0: tradition. They've been doing it for 15 ex- years. That's
1: what I mean. They've, they're well-schooled. These are like football businesses. It's not just like some hotshot owner came in and threw a billion dollars out and just said, we're going to wheel and deal and play, and hey, you guys go to the Hooters and drink some beers and figure out who makes the team. Remember they did that in Hard Knocks? Like, the Giants aren't doing that. Like, do you remember that the Bucks, did the that? Bucks and Hard Knocks, they had one of their Jason Light. Jason did that? Light had one of their meetings at Hooters. I can promise you that the Giants or the Pittsburgh staff just a branded content are not are not going there. But I, I don't even know what my point of this whole thing. No, is. No, I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah okay. Facilities, yeah. yeah. All
0: right, into the film. Cowboys offense, Eagles defense. She wrote right at the top, ninety-three plays, Woo! which showed you how much the Eagles were on the field. You said the Cowboys' run game had good diversity. You said, honestly, with the Eagles, Bennett and Cox. Michael Bennett and Fletcher Cox are the only two Eagles consistently balling. Brandon Graham, Chris Long have been very underwhelming. You wrote not just this game, but all season long. Yes. Amari Cooper, you wrote one of the best route runners in the NFL.
1: Yeah. He's, I mean, you know... From our first day ever seeing him in person. He can stop on a dime. Right? I mean, and we saw how quick he got off the line of scrimmage a few times. I can still remember you and me standing there in yeah. Oakland the first time, and I was like, this is a- and I was like, whoa, like that was unbelievable. And I went,
0: why did you say what? Yeah, right. I don't know what I'm watching. Right, right.
1: But it's uh, he has special fast twitch, and he's a creative route runner who likes to. I don't want to say ad lib a little bit. He comes off the line of scrimmage and he hops and he skips. Yeah. And then he runs real hard like he's going to run the go route. And then he jams his foot in the ground and runs a slant route. Like, he really is great at changing speeds, changing the way he leans his body, and then giving a real nice noticeable something body language-wise to go, Here I come, quarterback. I'm about to make my final move. He presents himself. He really does. He presents himself in a great way. Uh, And they don't do a lot with him. Because they don't have to. It's go route. It's slant route. It's Post corner, which is like a a deeper slant, where then he puts the brakes on and goes yes. back outside. That's all they're doing. But, but when if you you're that those- talented, yeah. yeah,
0: right. You wrote Dak fumble. I've never seen a guy get strip sacked from the front before. Right. I mean, he gets more. That's what I think I wrote. Oh. Like, never seen
1: it happen to him. like. And I think I believe it happened to him in the Tennessee Titans game when he f- fumbled. There's like he has no. It's a good thing because it shows you he's not watching the rush at all. He's fearless, like he's just like, "Oh, I'm big dark, bro Scott." Yeah. But he's got to have a little bit of more awareness where I know this has got to be at least a third or fourth strip sack of the year where it's come right in front of him, to his face, and he has no idea. It's like he's getting blindsided, but it's front-sided. And he still has no idea it's coming. Wow. And that that just, like, especially in the moment that that game, the kind of game that was, it was so close. The yes. Blue, like, you have to be special careful. I wouldn't be mad at you if you were flinching a little bit in the pocket in that kind of game. Just because it's so close. Because it's one play can change it.
0: You did say that he played well and he that did. he at least put it at where he wanted exactly it. Exactly right. Yes. What does
1: that mean? I mean, I didn't see too many throws. The interception over the middle was... High. Wide open, threw it high. Um, I'm trying. Oh, the other interception, he threw it good. He didn't see the backside corner. He has to know. They ran basically, if everybody's listening out there, three receivers to the left, right? Okay. And they're all running go routes. So you got three receivers to your left. But that inside receiver runs like it's like a go route that he crosses the field, right? He's going to run to the opposite pylon in the end zone. And it's great if you have man-to-man and you know your backside corner is going with the out route of the receiver over to the right side or whatever, oh, he dropped back. but this was zone, and he had nothing to worry about on that side of the field, and you have to know that. He threw the perfect ball, but he didn't see the guy, so that was a bad s- seeing the field. Right. The other one was a bad throw on the interception. Uh, but for the most part of the day, I thought the ball came out of his hand very clean and he put it in the spot he was aiming for.
0: I will say, though, that reading your notes, it's hard to evaluate them because of the lack of pass rush from the Eagles yes. and their secondary. Exactly right. I mean, your secondary is a disaster. Eagles offense, Cowboys. Why D- is
1: Bowsby playing bump man to man in the biggest moments of the game oh, against Cooper, the hottest receiver in football? Those are things to me where I just go, I don't get it. Like, why doesn't anybody. Sounds like the, a brain fart. Or why doesn't anybody on the sideline just go, let him run a slant and make the tackle. Let him run the out and make the tackle. But don't get beat running, letting him run straight by you because all of a sudden you think you're Aqib Talib or you know Marcus Peters who's going to jam him at the line of scrimmage and yeah. be like locked down. That, I just don't understand that.
0: Uh, Cowboys do have some corners that can get on an island with people. Yes, But I thought the most interesting thing is that halfway through the notes of the Eagles offense, Sims switches to a fresh pen. Did you run out of ink? Boy, boy, that ink was popping It was, right? It wasn't a great pen. Man. Yeah,
1: yeah. one of my pens just isn't, it's not it's flowing. Happens, yeah. I know, I don't know why it's not flowing good. You yeah, can, but halfway
0: through, man, it was dark, it was black, it, right? uh, rich. Yeah,
1: thank you. Rich. Do I need to make a Staples
0: run? Or you no, good? I still am okay. good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Eagles offense, you said no one on the offense is special with the ball, running yep. backs or receivers. You said the Eagles offense has no rhyme or reason, and they repeat calls all the time. Yep. So, I mean, it's pretty fair to say that it's not Filippo. It's not Doug Peterson. It's not Grow. It's Frank Reich. Yeah. He took that whole third down package up to Indy, huh? No doubt. He did. How do they not just keep some of the plays?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of knowledge or if it's just a lack of the creativity as far as what Reich
0: brought to the table and nobody can replace that. Yeah. Um, You know what I haven't seen in a while? A montage of Reich's comeback. I felt like when Reich... Like, Reich all the time, they'd be like, and they're down 14 points. You know who else was down by a lot of points? Frank Reich. His quarterback <laughs> of the Buffalo Bills when they were taking on, who were they playing again?
1: Uh, they were playing the Houston Oilers. He did in oh.
0: Maryland, too. He had a crazy comeback at Maryland. Yeah, I, just, I haven't seen that video package. So right. if the Colts are down like 14 You'll to the Cowboys this week. weekend, yeah. we'll see it this weekend. <laughs> right. But the big thing that caught my attention in your notes yes. was Byron Jones. Yeah. Cowboys matched Byron Jones on Zach Gertz on third downs. Yeah. And Sims nicknamed him the Ertz Eraser. The devil e, <gasps> The Ertz Eraser. The and Gronk you sa- Stopper. And the Ertz said, Eraser. Right. I mean, like, his rookie year, yeah. you said that Byron Jones was a Gronk Stopper. Yeah. Now he's the Ertz Eraser. Right. And you went as far to say that him and a, a Chidobe Awuzie are the second-best cornerback duo in the NFL. I think so. I just... You know, like let's talk about it right
1: here. I mean, you know, okay, I'm putting Jacksonville guys in front of them. I figured. Bouye and Ramsey. But after that, you know, let's like seriously, it's just Taleb and Peters. Right. And I don't think they're on the level of these two this year, and especially Tlaib missed six or seven games. Um so, Orlando
0: Skandrick and Kendall <laughs> You're funny.
1: I mean, you know I, you
0: I got mean, Minnesota. Houston Texans.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I can give them the duo aspect of it though. Yeah. That's that's where it falls. To that but problem. I guess I
0: guess the real thing is I, I we can get into duos, yeah. but Byron Jones at this point. Yeah. If he's like like what what's your statement on him?
1: Well, he was he was played out of position his first few years, right? They moved him to safety. He played college corner.
0: They had Morris Claiborne there. Right. Like they had some guys. So they tried to
1: get their best eleven on. Yes. And by that they had to play him out of position. I think this is the position he's most comfortable at the modern-day NFL. He finally gets some coaching from a Chris Richard. I was always had an issue with Dallas' defense is good but what they do in the back end is not always sound and they get gashed in the pass game too much. That's what Chris Richard has brought to the table mm. for the Cowboys. Not only technique help for the DBs, but they're just more sound with their coverages against different schemes than they were in years past. But their ability to match and play, man, in big situations, it's just it's such a big thing for them because they don't have to blitz like the Bears. They can go four, 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 four. Okay, it's time for a curveball here. Right. Let's throw six at them, and we're going to lock them up man-to-man everywhere. Yeah, you wrote they had no fear. And they had no fear of your your guys because they knew that none of them can really run by you. I get it. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah, all Ertz's catches came on first and second down,
0: zone coverage with not Byron Jones on him. All right. Chiefs' offense, Ravens' defense. Yeah. What a matchup. So many notes I wrote down. It's crazy. First off, you wrote, Ravens might have the best defensive scheme in the league, but they don't have the guys that the Bears and Cowboys have to get after the quarterback. Yes. So you th- And you wrote so many times, Wink exposed the Kansas City pass schemes. He knew where they would slide, like their pass blocking, their pass schemes. blocking schemes. You right. wrote, wow, Ravens disguising well, bringing the blitz more than I saw on TV. Yep. You wrote so many times, I can't get over how many chances the Ravens D took yes. with all these blitzes. Yes. So... You believe right now that Martindale of the Ravens as a defensive coordinator yeah. has the best scheme in the NFL?
1: I do. I think so, yes. On a weekly basis, uh, his ability to just game plan specific their soundness and everything they do, they can bring creative blitzes and still be exactly in the right gaps if like a run play happens.
0: And you don't believe they're the most talented defense? I in the don't NFL. think they're
1: the most talented defense. No, I think the I would give the Cowboys and the Bears the best defensive title, and I'd probably go Bears one, Cowboys two, because their front fours can get home by themselves always. M- Wink Martindale, the challenge he has to deal with is they're big on the defensive front, but they don't have great pass rushers, as we saw in the Patrick Mahomes fourth and nine. Run- Exactly right. They have to create things that happened at times. and Which makes you typically vulnerable. Which makes you typically vulnerable. So you either have to be really good at zone blitzing and then knowing, oh, they're in this formation. I know where I'm going to drop because in this formation they like to run these concepts. Okay, great. Or you have to go, okay, damn, we're going to have to play man-to-man. And even when you have to play man-to-man... There has to be some sort of understanding, especially as well as they covered in some of those situations, to go, your defensive coach told you, Okay, we're in man to man, but they like to run these routes in this here. So they're ready for them. It's not like they're just like, okay, I've never seen this before. I'm just man to man and I don't know what's going to happen. They're ex- at least have things in their mind where they're going, oh, wait, okay, it's third and eight. Wink said all week that when we do this and there's two receivers out here to the side, that these are the three combinations I got to be ready for. I'm, You know what I mean? And so if the, you start looking for clues. Exactly and stuff. right. And that, that's where they are really great. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense.
0: With that being said, I'm just kind of looking ahead to Thursday night. Yeah, the Chargers have the corners and the secondary guys to match up. They do. Yes, not I mean, totally you can't really match up with Tyreek. I
1: know it's hard to match up. I don't know their corners aren't as good as the Ravens. Really? No, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, when you go, when you go, car Jimmy Smith and and Humphrey, it's it's a pretty good cover. Th- that's a pretty Where are good. You, three. Were you
0: more wrong about Leighton Van Der Esch or more wrong about Marlon Humphreys? Probably Layton Van Der Esch. Okay. Yeah. Marlon Humphreys yeah, like I liked him, but you weren't a big fan of no, I think he was better than the other corners. Exactly.
1: Or... Like I thought they drafted him too high. Like to me, I thought he was like maybe early second, like somewhere in there. Layton Van Der Esch, you just didn't see it all. Le- Leighton Van Layton Vanderesh, I really to, to for lack of a better I just thought he was a wussy. I did. I just didn't think he was going to able to man up in the NFL enough. That's really what it came down to. I saw the athleticism. I just said, damn, I don't know if this guy's willing to be in car crashes on a regular basis. Yeah.
0: And he's proven me wrong. All right. Now we get to talk about Mahomes against the Ravens. Dude. <laughs> give it to me. You just said Mahomes' ability to hit wide receivers who are covered and put it in a spot where only they can get it is incredible. I would say it's luck if he didn't do it three times a week.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. There's just a few plays. There was one where he was kind of like scrambling to his left. They were playing like two-man. They were all over Travis Kelsey. Kelsey's got a defender between him. He's turning almost to look at Mahomes as he's throwing it. But Mahomes just goes, eh, he's in a weird spot. I think if I throw a laser just real high up to where Travis Kelsey can extend his arms and catch it. He'll catch it, and that guy won't be able to make a play on it. And he just throws it there, and I would say it's luck most times if it weren't done on a weekly basis by this guy.
0: You showed us on Monday night yeah, the throw to uh, Tyreek Hill. Right. Where Tyreek Hill was when Mahomes released it. Right. Now you're telling me that he can kind of figure out where it can go where only his guy can get it. Yeah. It sounds like a sixth sense. Yeah. he's a, He is like... It's not what I'm saying is it's not just physical ability. No,
1: no, he's the he's a natural. That's why I always say that. Like that's that's my phrase from what I'm saying. Like what you're saying, right? He's a natural. Like it's just the balls in his hand. He's got a knack about feeling the rush about where I should put my arm to throw this one, um, where, you know, oh, this guy's really well-covered, but the DB's not looking at me, so I can throw it in a spot and feel that he's not going to make a play on it because he doesn't really see me. How
0: like, many quarterbacks are even noticing if a DB isn't looking? Like, of the 32 starting quarterbacks, yeah. how many of them <laughs> excuse me, can read a DB, yeah. and how many of them are already pre-deciding where they're going to go and they're they're kind of looking at the formation. They're kind
1: of Yeah, to me only the really good ones can take little nuances like that. Like everybody can see it and you might have your day here and there where you go, Okay, yeah, I really yeah, yeah. See seeing it good, but like like Baker Mayfield can do it. He can do the same thing. Okay. Tom, of course, can do it. Tom can go, oh, damn, they're doubling Gronk. Yeah. But none of them are looking at me. I'm just gonna throw this in a spot where Gronk can get it and throw it. Like, I am so, not
0: an anti Kirk Cousins guy. Yeah. But I don't think Kirk Cousins is noticing that nuance. Probably not. No,
1: probably not. Not to the degree they are on a play by play basis. Right. Like that's that's, you know, again, natural stuff. That's like Baker, say- Tom, Rodgers, They can kind of just feel it and go. Oh, I got nothing there, but I know that guy's head's not looking at me. Let me just throw it out there
0: and put it in a spot. Look, those are the guys that are smiling a lot. Exactly right. Those are the guys that right. are having fun out there. Exactly those are the guys right. that are smacking people's asses and having a great time. Right. They can see that. Right. And you said the no-look pass was cool, but the next throw was even more cool. Holy crap. I, have, I don't even know what
1: you're talking about. I mean, the next pass was the sidearm, I'm running to the left, and I think I'm going to scramble and run. Oh, wait. My back's running up the sideline, and there's a hole three feet big. Yeah, that was the next play. There's a hole three feet big. Let me throw it like I'm a shortstop running it deep into the hole and just flick it through there to the first baseman. I mean, that's what it looked like. It's just like to me where I'm just like, what the? Like, are you kidding me? Like, most quarterbacks are like, let me get my shoulders straight. Let me set my feet. And he's just like, eh, sing. I I like
0: that you say that he can use his arm as an independent contractor when necessary. When
1: necessary, he can. He's got that kind of arm.
0: Some people do it to a fault. He uses it when he has to.
1: Yeah, when he has to. When he knows he's that talented to just go, okay, I'm all screwed up, but damn, I'm so good. I I can figure this out and make it happen.
0: On the other side, Ravens offense, Chiefs defense. You said the big thing that you overlooked was the Ravens wide receivers really aren't that scary. So the Chiefs weren't afraid to play men. They were
1: not, not as much as I, that was, if I had a self scout self there. That would be my one thing I would look. Is back. Is John
0: Brown not scary? I thought he, he was scary.
1: Yeah, he's not scary like he was that. For I don't feel like he ever regained his speed after he had some of I don't those. Know, like, I thought
0: earlier this year he's he was having fast, but he's not like.
1: How do I want to say this, Lefko? He's not physical fast. Okay. He's uh, what? Yeah, I know. This is a new one. I'm making this up, but this is something like my dad might know what I'm talking about when we talk about this. He's fast when nobody's touching him and everything's good. But when somebody puts a hand on him It changes or, everything it changes everything or pits him in the hip or he had to get the guy at the line of scrimmage and got bumped just as he was getting going. Yeah. It's just not like where Odell and Julio, those guys can just go, Eh, it didn't really bother That's me. I'm still step. going. Who's Soon. the
2: most physically fast receiver? I
1: mean Julio can just run through I would, any hand. Yeah, Julio on him. is like would probably be the head of that list, right. You know, and it like Juju's very special at yeah. that. Even Thielen's good at like that. Those times or yeah, that's like that's the physically elite there in that, that You class. wrote
0: so many times in your notes yeah. that the Ravens were better in was it twenty one personnel or thirty one personnel? Or maybe it was twelve uh twelve or 12. thirteen. Yeah, twelve and thirteen. It sounds like from your notes the Ravens are best off to put more tight ends on the field than Crabtree and Snead.
1: I, I think so. I think they just need you know, one of them on the field. Yeah. Or if they put two of them on the field, that's great. But to me, they're wasting time when they get into three wide receiver sets. It's not what they are. It's not the greatest strength of Lamar. It's not the greatest strength of their offensive coordinator, Marty Morningweg. I think they're at their best when they really put you in a bind because you're in a bind when you play the Ravens already because you go, damn, their O line is so big. What are we going to do? Right. And because if
0: we spread out, yes. it's Dixon and Gus Edwards punching us in the
1: face. Exactly right. So. To me, they could go, this is where I think it would help. It's going to help the passing game because of play actions and boots. Yeah. Once again, you are gonna you get two and three tight end sets. People are going to pack it in there even more. Yeah, it's easier for Lamar. And it's going to make it easier for Lamar, even on his run plays, to go, oh, here's the fake up the middle to Gus Edwards. You all are in there because of the Let three tight the end sets. Exactly right. Those you said
0: that Lamar played well, yes. except for the sack fumble from Justin Houston, but it wasn't entirely his fault. But more overall about Lamar. How did you think he played?
1: Uh, I I like. Where is he at his development? I mean, it's it's uh, Lamar's trending in the right direction. I mean, I I think his decision making, some of the throws he makes are they're damn good. You know, there was a throw or two that were complete over the middle that might have been a little behind, but they got they were complete nonetheless. But another guy that I look at that just go, you know, he does have a natural feel for the game. He really does. He knows how to move in the pocket even when. Doesn't look like he's looking at the pocket, right. but he just subtle move or a subtle dip of the arm, whatever it may be. Can get stuck on the first read still too long at times, yeah. but I think it's all going in the, in the really right quickly, direction.
0: Really quickly, Lamar had one of the best quotes at a press conference ever today. A reporter said, you're now starting. Joe Flacco's going to be the backup. Does it feel like your team? And Lamar responded with, it's not my team. It's our team. I don't block anybody. I don't catch any passes. I don't run any balls. It's our team. See? And it was like, God, you're so good. That's good. Lamar's the man. He is the man.
1: He is the man. And and I just think with the the Ravens, too, they have good tight ends.
0: Yeah, Mark Andrews, Max Williams. uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst, they just drafted. Uh,
1: Boyle. They have yes. Nick Boyle. They have four tight ends. Like to me, that would be their. They their were another team
0: nightmare, but they're great for real life. Right, and
1: the, and to me, those guys can be like again. I I said this. I think a little. I can't remember who I said this about last week. Um, either way. They can play like that New England game of the old days where yes. they go, we got two tight ends in the field. We might smash Matthew. But then uh, if you're getting too confident on the stopping the run, we can spread it out with these two tight ends. And they can run some of the routes we need to be run.
0: I got two games I want to go quickly before we get to fill in about 11 minutes. Okay. Patriots offense, Dolphins defense. Yeah. The number one theme that I kept seeing right. was summed up by this. Yeah. You're not going to hear me say this much, mm-hmm. but the Patriots ran the ball too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They they the you, you okay. said they played phenomenal. They played phenomenal, but they ran too much. Yeah, the Patriots offense was they were unstoppable through the game. Um Miami was determined not to let the run game beat them. So they must have been listening to the podcast too. <laughs> I guess so. They sold out to stop the run. They were not going to ever be outnumbered in the run game schemes, and when I say outnumbered, I mean if there's five linemen, a tight end, and a fullback, okay? So that gives you uh, seven blockers. Miami was going to have seven guys in the box, if not eight. They were going to make sure, like, no, we're not going to get outnumbered in this situation to where now you have a good scheme and we don't have enough people to get that.
0: And you thought the Patriots could have done more play action because they were loaded.
1: Yeah, I just think every time they drop back for play action, it was 15, Why 20. didn't they just do more? I don't know why. I really don't have an answer for you. I, You know, sometimes I think as a play caller, you get lost in the game, too, and you have all these plays you worked on during the week and you lose
0: sight a little bit. Yeah. Going like, oh, what really worked for us here? Maybe they wanted to stay with the run because they didn't have any faith in their defense stopping. The Dolphins. Maybe they didn't. Let's exactly get to that. Right, which crazy offense, too. Patriots D. Uh, my first question is: I didn't understand this word. Yeah, you wrote Miami's first big run. Patriots playing like a redneck. Oh, not
1: not, not like a redneck. That would be my family from Kentucky and myself. We are rednecks. What is that <laughs> word? I didn't read it. Reduced. Oh, I was saying a reduced under. <sighs> so, okay, just to explain to everybody out there, you know, they usually play the bare front. Cover the three guys in the middle. They do that a lot, right? A guy over the guard, a guy over the center, a guy over the guard. Exactly right. Three-on-three football in the middle. For some reason in this game, and a few times it happened, especially on the first big Gore run, the nose tackle was shaded to the left shoulder of... Instead of right over him. Instead of right over him. The the left shoulder of the center. And instead of the next guy being on the guard's outside...
0: Shoulder between there, the tackle, and him. yeah,
1: like he's more like not head up on the guard, but just slightly to the edge of the guard, so this they're kind thing, of close together. This time, he was like in the gap between the guard and the tackle, right? Instead of like what would like, we're usually if you have the nose shaded that way, the next guy is then head up on the tackle, right. right? And that's what I meant by a reduced under, so he wasn't head up on the tackle, he was down a little bit in between the guard and the tackle, okay? And so it wasn't a true bare front. And there was a few times in the game why I wrote this where the Dolphins had the right scheme dialed up, and there was no way, like, on that play specifically and, like, two or three others, there's no way the, the Patriots could stop it.
0: There's just no way. You wrote, Tannehill on fire, he's on the money.
1: Tannehill... I mean, not a lot of easy throws throughout the game. Man, he
0: plays well against the Patriots. Man,
1: he does. I mean, again, he's probably another guy we need to give more credit to in general. You heard me talk about this a little yesterday. I did. Yeah. But, no, I mean. You just
0: started thinking about this yourself?
1: No, I didn't exactly. Okay. But I had some text message conversations with some people. But I do think it's true, nonetheless. I mean, he's 12-1 and one in his last 13 games as a starter. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty damn good.
0: We, I, see, just this not, with, I he, see this with Trubisky a lot. Yeah. When you played some wide receiver, right. you will be called an athlete your entire career. right. Now, Tannehill also had Miko Grimes, which was Brent Grimes' wife, yes, his number one hater. Right. I haven't hater. heard her talk about James Winston yet, but that's cool. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's but no, but interesting. she was saying that he's an athlete, he'll never be a good quarterback, and a lot of people clung on to that. Yeah. And I understood it because for a while, sometimes I still don't know if Ryan Tannehill's good. But... He made a lot of great throws in that yeah. game. The, the nice little deep pass to Stills was beautiful. Right. The touchdown of to Bryce Butler was an absolute on, rope. On the money. I, yeah. know, I know. He does. Well, where is your honest evaluation? My honest Tannehill? evaluation. he's going to be a free agent. Yeah,
1: I know. Uh, my honest evaluation of him is like, yes, he is a middle of the NFL quarterback. He's never, to me, going to be a superstar, I don't think. I don't think he's that... Like, got any true elite trait about him to be a superstar. But I would also say there's no glaring weakness to his game either. He does everything pretty well, moves pretty well, plays with size in the pocket. Got some good arm strength occasionally. His, exactly. Can make all the throws. You might not wow
0: you or drop your jaw. He's tough. Played he, play with that whole ankle flip. I mean, thing.
1: can run the read option. We saw that do that on the first drive. He right. ripped off a thirteen yard run. So um To me, he's one of those guys where the fan base is always going to go, man, I mean, I think we could do better. I see Carson Wentz out there. I see
0: Mahomes and Deshaun. I think we could do better. It's like Dak. You're just not sure. But you draft somebody, and then they get in there, and you go, damn, they're not as good as Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, Dak, Mariota, like Trubisky, like they're all in the same thing where – if they run for one twenty, the articles come out about how they're this incredible weapon. If they throw for two ten and two picks, he's more of a wide receiver than he is a quarterback. Right, right. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. He's playing quarterback. Right. Bucks offense, Saints defense. Yeah. So again, Bucks started this game up fourteen to three, but all of your notes, you were never concerned at all. Yeah. You said that the Saints defense was great, but the thing that stood out to me was Cam Jordan, Sheldon Rankins, Marcus Davenport. All have moments of being unblockable. Yes, they do. They're, they're, that is
1: the gift of their defense. Their front force saves them. For for me, with my evaluation, or just things I see, you know, they they have basically got into a little bit like we said. I said with Chicago, where they just go, we're not going to sell out to stop the run. We're not going to sell out to blitz all the time and do that. We have a good front four. We're going to let them handle it. We're not going to bite on play action pass. And then, you know, the quarterback comes out of the fake and there's seven guys at the line of scrimmage and there's nobody deep down the field. So,
0: do you believe the better defenses don't react as much to play action because they have more faith that their D line can stop the run? Yeah. Because that's what you wrote about the Bears, too. Yeah, yeah. So, when you have a really good D line, play action doesn't work as much. Exactly. And so that's why for the Rams and Saints who live on play action. They've had trouble with those defenses. Interesting. Right? And
1: then what else? The other thing that does it off of that. Well, we don't have to compromise our secondary a lot of times. If there's a situation, we just, hey, we got seven guys back in coverage, and we're just going to trust our front four to get there. We don't know what they're going to call here when they get in this set. They're dangerous Uh. here. So let's err on being you know safe and just let the front four get there. But it's it is amazing their D line. It's one of the untalked about the things saves. in football. Yeah, because there's no real superstar, but there's a lot of good, and the depth is just yeah. It's not just Jordan Rankins and Devin. No, it's not. It's you know it's Okafor, it's Stalworth when he gets in there. I mean, Davison starts. You know, it, it's it's they have a nice uh, group of guys. They're eight nine deep. And that's the one thing I think we've continued to see over the last few years. The really good defenses in football, it's more than six or seven deep. It's got to be eight or nine deep at the defensive line, especially to stop some of these high-octane octo- offenses. you got to be able to throw up versatility in your D-line. Oh, we got to get small. Oh, we got to get big. And then you got to be able to throw fresh bodies at these high-octane offenses so they can continue to rush the passer and be like totally intensity high.
0: You were impressed with the Bucks D-linemen, too. Yeah. And you said JPP Gerald McCoy and Vita Vea, yeah. were pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. Haven't heard one sentence about Vita Vea in any NFL content. I didn't even know he was playing. Yeah, cause... I
1: mean, it just happened a few weeks ago. And the first few weeks, I was gonna like bring him up, but he like wasn't totally a hundred percent healthy. And I was what like, is Let he? Me see.
0: He is. Is he better than Danny Shelton?
1: Yes, he's okay. more athletic than Danny Shelton. Okay, that's that's what you see right away, and I don't even think we're seeing our best football with him too. Him next, I got a, the true evaluation will come next year when he gets a true training camp. Yeah, and doesn't yeah. have to throw it back in, in into the fold of things. Week eight of the season, that's hard, but. Their size is—I mean, it's mind-blowing. They can do some of the things we just talked about with the Saints. Carl Nassett balls exactly right. Carl you got a lot of really athletes good on job. The D line in Tampa. Your bear, you know. Yeah, Bo Allen, Vinny, Vinny Curry comes. Vinny in. Vinny Curry's a big dude too. Again, they did the same thing a little bit. They just As said, Dallas. Oh yeah, and they just said we're going to trust our front four. Yeah, we'll let you stop the run. We're not going to let up any big pass
0: plays. It's the second week in a row that you said that someone took this BS Saints play away. Yeah, and the big line. And I'm going to open up my at mentions. You wrote, Breeze can't make a play. Right. Yeah.
1: Breeze, just, just two weeks in a row where we've seen, like, you know, I don't, and when I say make a play, listen, I know he can hit throws and things like that. I'm talking about when nothing's there. Nothing, right? Like Patrick Mahomes scrambling on fourth down or Patrick Mahomes throwing a sidearm ball or whatever it is. I'm just talking about in those five or six plays a game where there's nothing. The receivers are on lockdown. The pass protection's okay, but it's not great. You got to slide and move and make a throw. Like that's he struggle it strugglesville when yeah. that happens. And and yes, when you take a, we've seen for the second week in a row when you take away some of their cute plays um they've had a hard time throwing the ball consistently with with success.
0: All right, awesome stuff on the film notebook this week, Sims. Uh one other thing too. You know what I want? We didn't talk
1: about this with the Rams. Okay, I know you're rolling your eyes. She's like, damn, me, Tony. No, I'm on.
0: trying to figure out what I mm. skipped over.
1: No, it's nothing huge. The Rams, as much as I liked Nick, you can call them I, offense yeah, or defense. We're going to call Phil sims. As much as I liked their D and how I said as game plan wise, I don't know if you saw a few times I wrote, I don't know how they stopped this play in this alignment. Yeah, right? I didn't know what you meant. So they just sometimes align in ways where I go. I don't know how you Okay, oh, yeah, you, w- you
0: wrote one, you go, if Aaron Donald doesn't make that tackle,
1: this Nobody does. Right. Like he's gone. They're Hello. just, hey there, big fucker. Um what? Yes. But that that was my only thing there. It's just like there's times where the Bears ran weak side runs between the guard and the tackle, okay, to the right side, and the linebackers are so kicked over to the left. I wanna go, damn, how are they supposed to stop this run between the tackle and the guard? You know what they did, what they did I'll hold on one second. Dad. What they no, did a few okay. times is the guard blocked down on, you know, whoever was the shade nose tackle right. there and the center pulled around and now the there's tackle blocks like five yards, and wide. he's waiting for every linebacker to come through to pursue. Now as he comes to the second level, so and even there's nothing though in there. your
0: mind it was somewhat of a base, like it wasn't as aggressive. Yeah, the alignments are still like, why are we doing?
1: Yeah, there's just little things with it. It was a good start for the Rams defense, but yeah, they have moments where I go, I don't understand this alignment and how they can even stop or think of stopping this play uh. with the way they're aligned. So that's the last thing. Sorry, hi hey, Dad.
3: That's okay. I knew you were talking about the Bears-Rams game, and it was... Um,
1: it was a like butt-whooping? It was what? A
3: butt-whooping? Well, yeah, it was, but I, the plays you're talking about, yeah, they, they lined up. And Listen, if you watch a lot of tape on the Rams, you will see things like that quite often.
1: You will. You definitely yes. will. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been I've been begging them to be more simple on defense, like saying that they have aggressive players as is. They don't need to be a team that runs twelve different defenses.
3: No, they don't. You know, a lot of things. You're right there. Uh, make it simple. Akeem Talib is back. He's playing himself way back into shape. Right. So that'll be a big deal as they go along, and and you know one game. Is just like I am now getting ready to watch the Giants and the Bears play from two weeks ago, because I got to talk about the Giants this weekend, and I refuse to watch the Giants <laughs> play to watch the Washington Redskins. Uh, that that was like, what was that like? It was that was touch football.
0: Did you guys see the clip, though, of Saquon Barkley talking to his offensive line and then having the 80-yard run like two plays later? I
1: have not seen that. No, no. I didn't see it. What did he say to him?
0: There's this clip where he's like standing over his offensive line. He tells the center, he goes, if you hook this guy, he looks at the guard, he goes, if you hook that guy, I can set it up. And when I hit that hole, I don't have to worry about the safety because he's going to kind of shade one way. And then the very next like time they, they go it. out there is that eighty yard touchdown. And then Saquon puts his helmet on the bench. He goes, "That's exactly what I said. That's exactly how I said it was going to go."
3: It's I'll be dang,
0: it's so awesome. He's man. next yeah, level. That the, is uh, that is football uh, porn. Like if I'm a Giants fan, I would just watch that over and over again and be like, "Oh man, like uh, this is hot." Well, that's <laughs> pretty hot.
3: advanced stuff, really, for the rookie. Running back, I mean, look, he is a running back, and it's the same at all levels, just about. They read this, that, whatever. But to say that, that's pretty cool. It really is. He's the best and,
0: running back in the NFL, Phil.
3: Well, I'm not going to disagree. Just the – he truly is somebody – I I would have bet money, I, I should have <laughs> pulled this back a little, that he was going to have at least two 80-yard touchdown runs this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said I should, I should have made it like 60 or 65 because, you know, he's going to make these great long runs. If they'd have been backed up more, they would have been 80 yarders. But he's, you know, uh, but you, you could just tell by the number of tackles he breaks and how hard he is to break down and the moves that he can make.
4: Right. You know,
3: just going from one side to the other, just a jump cut, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, that was easy to see even back when the Giants, when, at the beginning of the year when their offensive line was horrendous. Right. He was making great, what, two-yard runs. I yeah. Mean, they were tremendous. Right. And right. Um, so it's he's turned out to be everything and more, and, yes – To to agree with you, Adam. Best running back in football because of just what I said there, and also because he can catch the football.
1: Yeah, right. Nobody does more with less than Saquon.
0: Can we put your dad to work right now? Yeah, let's put him to work.
3: He needs to do
1: something. Good. Oh, my God.
0: So, we normally spend a little time talking about the Thursday night football game for this podcast that comes out Wednesday. Right. Because Thursday's game is so special, I'd like a Sims-Sims breakdown. We got Chiefs. We got Chargers. We got Mahomes. Tyreek Hill and has been announced he will be playing. Yes. Spencer Ware is doubtful. Sammy Watkins is going to be out for the Chargers. Austin Eckler is going to be out. Melvin Gordon's going to be questionable. It's in Kansas City, and I'm curious, Phil, what's your what's your initial feeling? This is a huge game. Ten and two versus eleven and three.
3: What's the what's the weather forecast that you hear now? Let I'm me ask. Let
0: me ask Weather Boy.
2: Give me a second. I'll pull it up.
3: Yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, just I just want to make sure the game's not going to be played in, like, a, you know, a monsoon yeah. or something like that. If it like isn't a
0: monsoon, who does that benefit?
3: Uh, that's a good question. Probably Kansas City Chiefs.
0: I think so, yes.
3: I, I think Mahomes, first and foremost, is we laughed about it on the air. They said, can he continue? So he's weatherproof. Hmm. You know, the motion, everything he does and his arm and all that shows me he's weatherproof. Where... You know, and, and I would say Philip Rivers is pretty close to that, too, though. The way he throws, he throws sidearm. You know, yeah. he's not a guy that loses control of the ball very, Pushes very up. seldom. Yep.
2: Rain so. during the day, cloudy at night, uh, 32 degrees. Okay. Ooh, wow. brisk.
3: Yep. Could be a slippery field. Probably not. Okay. Well, I don't even know where to begin. I know this. The Baltimore Ravens lined up and just smashed the ball mm. at that. Kansas City defense, and it was pretty awesome. It was an awesome game. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this game. Let's the start.
0: Let's start Kansas with that City side. Chiefs,
3: here we go. Yeah, you're, you're you're looking at a receiving core of the chargers that is as good as anybody in the nfl i would guess i mean chris if you agree with that
1: yeah i mean i think from like one through four i would say yes i'm not gonna say it's the top duo but yeah i think they're yeah, a very one through four.
3: force so it's amazing it all there right. and we see the kansas city chiefs are going to have trouble uh covering one through four when you right. talk about what they do very right. much so yeah and, and the other thing is too when you look at the chiefs the yeah, good pass rushers. Chris Jones has done a great job inside. Justin Houston, you know, D Ford. D Ford's kind of fallen off the map here of late. I didn't even notice him in the game. I didn't watch it on tape, but I didn't notice him in the Baltimore game. Uh, but you know, a lot of things favor the Chargers when I say that. But I just look at this, and Mahomes is such a wild card factor in everything. That protect him, don't protect him get open, don't get open, doesn't matter. He is going to make plays. In other words, he's going to make them when they're open. He's going to move and make plays. And those are things that you just can't account for no matter who the what defense you're playing. And I, I, and, and that's that's why I'm going to lean towards the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why I'm going to take them in the game. Mm. And it's the main reason is strictly Patrick Mahomes. Now, the offensive line, Christopher and, and you two uh, – Tell me about this, when you Adam, when y'all look at it. Did you think the Kansas City line blocked Baltimore Ravens very well in the passing department?
0: Well, after reading your son's notes of watching the film, it sounded like Wink, Mr. Martindale for the Ravens, kind of knew all the slides and protections and was able to take advantage of it. But you also wrote a lot, Sims, that the Ravens just did all-out blitzes all the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that, that was to me. The Ravens, I, I just... I don't know how you felt about it. I don't even know if you watched it on film yet, but
3: I did. I I, I wrote down all the numbers and everything. I, I, there, it's in my notebook downstairs. The right. Yeah. I wrote down the number of blitzes. I wrote down the number of blitz zones. How many times they played man to man and how many times they played zone? Because I was curious and I was surprised at how much they did coming after the quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's that was my number one thing. I we we kind of just went through my film breakdown stuff, and I just I did not realize watching on TV. How aggressively the Ravens played, uh, especially just putting people at the line of scrimmage, bringing people to blitz and pressure more times than not. And, you know, Kansas City, the West Coast offense that they are, they are a slide protection team, right? So right. the back might be offset to the right, right, and then they slide the offense offensive line to the left. And Baltimore knew that in some of their sets where they were like, oh, well, we'll show like we're going to blitz to the side they're going to slide to. But then at the last second, we're going to come out and come the other way to where they're not sliding the way we're actually bringing the pressure. So, yeah, I mean, but can the Chargers do that? Let me ask you a question real quick.
3: But don't they don't they counter protect a lot? You know, like, what
1: are you saying by counter-protect?
3: Well, just, you know, the back go across the formation, do whatever. we you know, So that way they can't get a read off oh, the line. If the back is offset over here, they're going to slide this way. Yeah, I,
1: yes, they will do that, right, to go, oh, my back's offset to the right. We always slide to the left. Well, we'll change it up and slide to the right and the back to the left. I'm just saying I think Wink had a beat on what certain formations, which way Andy – typically likes to slide. That's all. You know what I mean? I'm going
3: to say that. I'm going to say I got confused. Not confused, but I got tricked. Um, Because I was watching, I saw Martindale's press conference, and I was reading some of his quotes. I said, oh, I got it. He's just going to let his four guys keep him in the pocket. They're going to play some zone, make him throw some tight window throws. they got good defensive backs. All you got to do is tip the ball. I was so sure, I got it, this is it. And then they, they play the game, and they go, oh, God, I wasn't even close. It was, so it, it tells you something. And then also, it was it made, when I watched the game, I came away with this feeling, too. Yeah. The Baltimore Ravens defense is more athletic than I gave it credit for, too. Right. You know, I thought, of, up front especially, you know, so Darius Smith and just – he had a. I thought he was all over it every day. You know, beating. Yeah. You know, Kansas City's got a good offensive line, and right. I thought they did a good job of just really beating them up. Physically, they won the battle on both sides of the football, and it took a miracle for them to lose. That's how you got to look at it. Physically, Baltimore won the game on both sides of the ball in my eyes, but Mahomes, you know, the yep. the long throw. On fourth down, a Tyree kill, And you were right, Christopher. Did you see Showtime last night? I did not yet, no. Oh, well, okay. Well, you never watch. That's so okay.
1: I do, too. Shut up. Go All ahead. All right.
3: But, Adam, I I took four plays out of the game because Ray Lewis goes, well, they made the mistake. I go, well, Ray, we can do that about every play. No, but you don't understand. So we always have these arguments on Showtime, and it's pretty good. Right. So I picked out some plays. And you and took say, the play
1: I, I, I told you about the – Sorry, go ahead. Well, no,
3: no, plays that, what do you do? Right. So we would show the play, and Ray goes, well, (laughs) come on, you know, ( Connecticutville) and he had Ed Reed with him, too. So I was getting double teamed. I was getting slapped around like I was Curly of the Three Stooges. (laughs) And and they were right. To them, all the movement, the fake, and the reverses, they go, come on. I can tell you every time what it's going to be. So, the play we're talking about, the touchdown that he throws at the end of the game, where. Um, There's a bunch Weddle, to the right, right? Where Weddle blitzed. Right. And I thought I had him. I said, okay, here's a play. Here we're lined up. What are you going to do? And he goes, well, CJ's got the running back. I said, yeah, it's great. But if he crosses the formation, they have a call. And they got the call. And the call is you pull the blitz off and you take him. Right. And I go, okay. You win.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was and
3: so they thought that was like so simple that you can't. It's like we put this in like the first day of training camp.
1: I know their their idea is simple is not as simple as the rest I know. of the NFL. And, on and defense. of course, I've learned. and, yeah. and
3: I said to somebody today, I said, listen, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. You can say whatever you want about them. Yeah,
4: they love they football. But they are
3: so smart. Yeah. On the defensive side, so they just they you know Ray's always arguing about today's offense. He can't believe how stupid the defensive players are. They chase everything and That's awesome. all this. And he goes, That's hey, just Hey Phil. Young kids.
0: Phil we know. got some we got some late breaking news. Oh. Eric Berry is officially playing on Thursday night football. Oh
3: That's good. good. Yes. Good. I, I was expecting. They kept saying they were going to get him out to this week. So. Will that make a big difference, Adam?
0: I hope it does long term, just because I've been so underwhelmed by the Chiefs' ability to play coverage on the back end that it kind of like increases the depth where maybe Orlando Skandrick doesn't have to be on an island as much. Yeah. Um but a safety because I look at the Chiefs and I go, If D Ford can turn it back on, Chris Jones is one of the best defensive linemen in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. If you can get at least one guy back there, that's a Playmaker, I just think that defense needs something.
3: Yeah, I, I would be really shocked if he could be a playmaker right away. Yeah, he needs right. these three games just to get ready so he can have an impact in the playoffs. Right, I think
0: it's really interesting when you look at Week One at Chiefs Chargers and you realize that the Chargers actually outgained the Chiefs five forty one to three sixty two. Yeah, and if you remember back. Tyrell Williams dropped that touchdown, in the end zone. There were two really big drops in right, that game.
3: Right. Yes.
0: It was a it was a close game. We remember the Mahomes four touchdowns. We remember the the Spencer touchdown. We right. remember the 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 slant to Tyree kill where yeah. he took it the whole way. Yeah, he threw it. He but, threw
3: it sidearm underneath everybody. And but he the caught Chargers, yeah,
0: the Chargers scored twenty eight. They could have scored forty five. The Chargers, my two minutes synop or one
1: minute synopsis on this game. The Chargers should be able to move the ball on the Kansas City Chiefs all night. Now the only thing that's going to hurt them a little bit is the fact that Eckler doesn't sound like he's going to play, and it doesn't sound like Gordon's going to play. He's. Quite- so yeah. K- Kansas City, I think, would err on going. Okay, we might not have to stop the run in some of these situations that right. we normally would. But either way, I would have a hard time thinking that Phillip Rivers and that pass offense don't they move the ball like at will on right, Kansas City. I'm officially City.
0: playing Mike Williams. Okay, so Dad
1: and jump jump in here anytime you think. And I Then what about the other that. side? So then the other side of the ball. Okay, here's the biggest weakness to the Chargers' defense, in my opinion. They're small. They're too small. They're, yes. ri- they're ridiculously small. What do you mean? Yeah. I mean, Damien Square is a 290 pound nose tackle. They play one middle linebacker, and it's Jatavion
0: Brown. Jatavius Brown, Right. Yeah. He's the only linebacker in the game
1: a lot of the time. It's, oh, wow. They're and it's along a dime with all the Phillips time. at the other linebacker position, the safety from Texas. Well, they,
3: play, they like to play their three safeties. You got Derwin right. James, they play Adrian Phillips, Jalil Adai, who right. I've always loved. that. Exactly. Know and
0: I love three safeties on the field. It's my so favorite
3: They yeah, do too, Till they run at you, and you realize. Yeah. I don't care how strong you are, and how fast you are. That's what happens. When a 320-pound lineman hits a 195 but if, or 200-pound right. safety, you don't hang in there. And but if Spencer
0: and, Ware's not in, right? Are they going to be able to pound them? Well, I like Damian Williams enough
1: to okay. go. He should be okay. Absolutely, I do too. So that um, would be the key to the game, though. I don't know for if, like to me, Kansas City just got to run the ball enough. They just got to run it enough because yes. the, because to me. Um, you know, it is going to be – San Diego is going to only worry about the pass. They're probably going to be going, oh, gosh, we hope Bosa and, and Ingram can get pressure off the edge. We don't want to compromise and do something on the back end to leave anybody one-on-one with Tyreek or anything like that. Right. But what they can do to the Chargers, and what happened to the Chargers in Cincinnati last week, is they started to run the ball, and then the Chargers start to run blitz, too, because they go, we can't block them man-to-man, or we can't stop the running Damn. game man-to-man. So That's so to. We got to create, yeah. We got to create chaos then to stop the run. Well, and that's what
3: we've gone through,
1: and that's dangerous you, against Kansas you City. You saw all
3: the Pittsburgh Steelers line up against the Chargers, and and let the, the, listen, yeah, the Chargers won. Yeah, they the Steelers whooped
1: them, right? They right. were lucky, right?
3: I said this to you last week, I think. When they lined up on the field, when the camera once went to the sideline, I went, Jesus.
1: Yeah, you said this to me privately, not on <laughs> oh, the, the podcast. But yeah, you you're right. Look
3: how much bigger. Pittsburgh is then the the Chargers. the Chargers, yeah. Right. So that was one thing that jumped out. And of course, all the breaks went the Chargers way. And now they're going to be playing in Kansas City. It's not the first game of the year. It's not warm weather. And I don't care. Phillip Rivers has thrown the ball. He's throwing it well. They do that. But this will be a whole different atmosphere of throwing the football. It won't travel the same way. He's not going to get the same grip. It, it's, you know, there's. It's, it's just going to be different in yeah. that respect.
4: Yes. Right, and I Phil.
3: think the Kansas City offensive line, after the job they did against the Baltimore Ravens, that is going to be motivation. And they know this Chargers defensive line and what they do. Right. And the Chargers do not do a lot of stuff on defense either. So, you know, they do more. I'll give Gus Bradley a little credit. Right. They're doing more. But these alignments, these different guys up in there, and Damian Williams, you know, look, He's an NFL running back. He's had success in the league. And no matter who the running back is for Kansas City, they're not going to feature him. Right? If they right. do, Kareem Hunt, he was featured, yeah, because they wanted to throw it to him also. So I, I think the it was a great wake-up call for the Kansas City Chiefs last week, and I, I really do expect them to play well and win the game.
0: Phil, I'm gonna ask you to do one me one more favor. I am starting to get sick, and if you Uh-oh. could take me back to your time in Kentucky, are there any natural remedies that you think I could take right now in Phil Sims's medicine box?
3: Natural remedies?
0: Yeah, like what like how did you, how do you handle getting sick, Phil Sims?
3: Well, I got a little cold right now. Okay, so, so what are you I'm gonna do? Here at my desk all day wednesday's my day to do nothing but just sit here and i do i it's brutal sitting in this chair but i drink green tea
0: green tea
3: green would you tea say, with natural honey and is I there take, a brand of green tea that you would recommend well what do you think
0: i would say that a nice glass of bigelow green, bigelow tea, might green spot. tea
3: not de- decaffeinated of course because i don't want to you know be buzzing up here burning enough injury and i put this i forgot the name of the honey but i put that in it to sweeten it up a little and i take tremendous amounts of vitamin d vitamin uh, d d
0: so you're yes. just drinking milk or you're taking actual
3: vitamins i take vitamins yes nice yeah it's, cause it's cause because his, you know, his
0: skin hasn't
1: seen the sun in a decade so he needs to have some vitamin d in his body
3: <laughs> and i take i take an extraordinary amount and for the first time in probably five years, I went to the doctor and I took the blood test. He goes, wow, your uh, vitamin D is al- almost normal. And I went, oh, al- almost? My God. But uh, so that's eight. Hey, listen, what's the greatest thing for not feeling well, Adam?
0: Um, sleep.
3: Sleep, brother. Okay. Take whatever it is. I'm not going to get into that. Take what you got to take. Make sure you sleep 10 hours at least. And you, I slept 10 hours last night. Wow. That's like,
0: a, that's like a coma.
3: Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, I'll I, lay off I, I the dad. I don't know cigars. about you guys, but I'm not a great sleeper the night before I want to do a lot of work.
1: No, I, me neither. Trust me. I'm, yeah, I know. So
3: you've got to get your work done and feel good about it as early as possible so you can quit thinking about it.
0: Damn, because tonight is I make all my NFL picks tonight. I don't usually get to sleep until, like, 2. Oh, God. Yeah, I go through all the games, and I hem and haw about the lines.
3: Well, I had that. we have to pick damn games yesterday. I mean, come on. Tuesday, I'm like going, who's playing? I don't even know. Who played this weekend? I you know, exactly. I, I really do get confused.
4: Yeah. All right. Phil, you, you we appreciate about games you. Because, it. because
3: you're one week runs in the other, and you pick games. To, oh, well, it's Wednesday. So you're going to have to put your games out tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
3: All right. We're done hey, with you. Know you. What? It, we have it, no more it,
1: use for you, you teabagger, you.
3: Yeah, no, teabagging, yeah, that's right. Hey, so do you remember on Showtime when I took a sip of uh, tea? Oh, I yes. was just going
1: to remind everybody to get that gift of you uh, teabagging yourself. That yeah, was incredible. The, so the
3: string gets caught in between my teeth, and, a, and we weren't filming at the time. But the camera's always rolling. So they roll it into the show. They think it's funny, and we have a laugh. So the next week, and Christopher, you've seen them, and you were in one of them, one of the Bigelow ads. Right. I take this big board that I have, a Bigelow tea with me in it, and I say to Chris Collinsworth, I said, Chris, look what I got because of that tea bag that got stuck in my teeth. And he goes, are you kidding me? That's unbelievable! I can't, and I said, "Yeah, yeah, I got a three-year deal, and then the, the whole thing." And he bought it. Oh, he,
1: that's great! He, he
3: bought it. I mean, man, we used—I poured more—I poured more stunts on Chris Cosworth. He and every he buys them all. It was great. So, <laughs> oh well. Hey, Adam, I'm with you. I'm a little under the weather, but you know what? We're going to rally. We're going to roll, and we're going to get it done, brother. Awesome. Suck it you. up. You guys have a good day. See you, you too. Dad. See, See you, ya. Phil.
0: See ya. Yeah, I'm seeing this right here from the Sports Business Journal back at May 1st, 2006. T for two. Father and son Sims will tout Bigelow brand with a quote from super agent Steve Rosner. The family aspect of this is what makes it work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was my first major marketing deal. I I was a starting quarterback. Before
0: the fantasy thing? Uh it's probably right around
1: the same time, Didn't the starting the, quarterback. Uh, you I mean, did the
0: blood donation commercials in Tampa that well, we've watched.
1: That, yes, that was after that I was lost my spleen deal. and yeah. the blood actually saved my life. So, uh, yes, so I you thought, a perfect I thought that was that. pretty good for me to speak up for that.
0: Quick discussions now that we've already done Chargers Chiefs. I thought about it. I think George Kittle's the best tight end in the NFL. I think that he's a better blocker than Travis Kelsey, and I think he could do more after the catch than Travis Kelsey. Everything I saw from Gronk in the Miami game, I think that speaks for where he is at this point. Yeah. Gronk's really good still, though. Of course, but... Kittle's a better blocker, for sure. I think George Kittle might be the best tight end in the NFL right now. Uh, Because (laughs) what he can do in line is much better than what Zach Hertz can do. Definitely. Definitely.
1: I, I think that Kittle and Kelsey would probably be my one, two, two. Kittle is the better blocker than Kelsey. You're definitely right about that. I don't know if I would say Kittle's faster straight away. That's what I'm saying. For sure, too.
0: Kelsey's a better receiver.
1: He's a better route runner receiver type. 50-50 balls. I'm covered. Let me jump up and catch it. I think he's better at adjusting the ball and doing things like that over yeah. Kittle. So it's different. It's always hard to tell. with like Kyle is so good at scheming for the tight end, gotcha. too, to where he can get you in spots to make you look like you're He-Man at times. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's a healthy debate. I'll tell you the other tight end I'm going to throw in that debate. You know who I like is Baby Grump. Oh, Vance McDonald? I think Vance McDonald is, like, not quite in their class. I didn't even notice any big plays but against But he's Oakland. the next guy. Yeah, he, I don't know if he had any big plays against yeah. Oakland either way. But to me, he is a force. Because I thought you are going
0: to say Ian Thomas. Uh,
1: no, I mean, play, he, he's, he's going. Game. he is. He's yeah. going in the right direction. But, yeah, Vance McDonald is one of my favorites because he has taken over the role of Gronk where when he catches the ball in the middle of the field, he is looking
0: to punish people. I'm just going to make you think – Is Shanahan making George Kittle? Or is Kittle making Shanahan? Out of your lips. I didn't even have to say it. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Uh, And then Josh sent me this article about Ryan Tannehill storing stem cells in the Cayman Islands. Have Hmm. you heard about this? No. I think I have some. So what what exactly was this? We're
2: storing stem cells in our family. Oh, this is perfect. Okay, perfect. let me let me read the Tannehill. This is quote. what Josh was hoping for. So this came out yesterday. This is from an article. Miami Dolphins quarterback Ryan Tannehill revealed in a video Tuesday he has a secret stash squared away, uh, squirreled away in the Cayman Islands instead of an offshore bank account to protect his wealth. Tannehill said he has thousands of stem cells stored in a Cayman Islands lab in case he needs them to recover from an injury. Quote. Things are going to be hurting a little bit when I'm older. It's the nature of the business. So, to have something available to help heal from that is huge. Whether it's an injury in practice or I tweak something during the offseason or 20 years after my career is done, I have these cells, uh, cells banked in Grand Cayman and I'm able to use those in order to improve my quality of life and enjoy the rest of my life. Right.
0: Mm, it's interesting. I mean, so, so why he,
1: he couldn't I, store them in America, though? Like Miami doesn't have know a place that. that can do that?
0: So, I don't understand any of this. Well, and it also makes me go: Is this another thing that I'm not saving? Like, should I have been saving stem cells? No, it's not. You. What is it?
1: You could like. Well, stem cells are things like if you have issues later on down in your life, something physically that they can use like your own DNA structure to kind of help your body out in whatever ways that may be. So, like, I know my wife. So it's
0: injecting younger you into older you, basically
1: parts of you, and where they can maybe. magnify it or help it or do anything. Through. Is this proven to help people? A hundred percent. I mean, yes, yes. This is true science proven. Yes. And what do you do with it? So no, I know because I think you can use it. I got to get this story straight from my wife. Cause this is definitely her department, but like, I know my kids, we have like stem cells saved from them from their birth. And like you could save like, placenta? like the placenta umbilical cords. Yeah, and I think even I can use it because it has like my DNA in there too.
0: But wait, so do you have stem cells of yourself saved somewhere? I don't know if I do myself. And when do you tap it in? You spray like, an ankle It can and you're help with like, like cancer
1: test. or rehabilitation things. And so just by
0: introducing younger, yeah, forms? they can
1: find ways of like right, like if you had to get. You know, anything like even um, like muscle repair, anything they can inject these things into you. I got to get the like straight. Yes, it... there's legitimate science behind it from what I know. And I obviously don't know the whole story, but I'm so trying to give a synopsis. Ryan Tannehill's storing of stem cells. I mean, sure, why not? He's got the money to do it. He's fine. So That me, would
0: be my follow up question. How much does it cost us? St- I don't know. That's another that's good a question. Those lies. are things
1: I don't ask my wife. No, I don't even want to know the answer to things how many like commas. That. I don't know, but I'm sure it's expensive because my wife just comes with the word expensive. Her name should be Danielle Expensive Sims. I so
0: mean, we're thinking like hundred thousand dollars. No, I don't think that. Okay. No, no. I'd like to be stronger, and I have more faith in your stem cells than mine. Yeah. Can, can I inject your, some of yours yeah. into me?
1: Well, it's like,
0: uh, and then all of a sudden my arm won't be. An I don't think it takes. Anymore. I
1: don't think it takes to that. I don't know. You know, I, I'm gonna. I'm actually texting my wife as we're sitting here. Just to while get, you
0: do that, right? I think we check on this fly. Oh yeah, yeah let's do it. You want right. to do it? No. Okay. You're the one that laid the trap. All right. So.
2: Okay. So we do have stem cells. Oh. He's right there. He's hanging on to
0: life in the hot chocolate, still moving. Uh. Well, hold on. I would say this Is there a better way to go than drowning in hot chocolate? Do you want to see it? In a way, we Willy Wonka'd this fly. We did. This fly fell into a chocolate stream and drowned. In essence, we're all Willy Wonka's. We're the two Oompas. You're Willy. Do I want to say no, it? Is a gross? Willy,
1: you're Willie today with your purple sweatshirt on, okay? That's true.
2: So with that in mind, I just want to say to the entire cast. Hold
0: on, hold on, hold on. How do I? I kind look, of feel, he's
3: not
2: going I, anywhere. I kind of feel bad for him now. Oh, his legs yeah. are churning. Yeah, it's not great. He's swimming. He's swimming. All right, I'm going to shake it up. All right. I would just like to say to the oh, entire cast job, of Survivor
0: this it season. It is the
1: stem cells from the umbilical cords. Okay, okay, yes. Does, oh, does Danielle on, me... know that
0: we're
2: talking about this
0: on the podcast? Well, no, but she will okay. later. All right, let me do a little alarm right here. You're going to get 30 seconds, and I'm going to make sure that it's not the same alarm I don't
2: even I'm... need 30 seconds. Okay,
0: go. I don't even need 30 seconds. Congratulations. Thank you.
2: I just want to say to the entire cast of this season of Survivor, this has been one of the best seasons of Survivor in history. There's still two weeks left. we got an episode tonight. If you guys want to come over, 8 o'clock, CBS, we can all watch together. I'm okay. Finale is next week. Uh, it's been fantastic. There's been great gameplay, a lot of backstabbing. It's never gotten personal, though. And uh, I think it's just great to see the, the game of Survivor
0: still plugging along. What's been the best in. moment in this great all-time year? Uh, so
2: the first time an idol nullifier has ever been played was this season. What does that mean? So basically there are hidden immunity idols hidden on the island. Thank think we're past the see time See how I it. told them not to do the timer so I could go over 30? <laughs> uh, there are hidden immunity idols hidden on the beach. Yeah. If you find an idol, you can play it at Tribal Council to save yourself if you're going to be voted out. I've heard of that. However, this year, for the first time in the history of Survivor, they introduced an idol nullifier, which you basically, if you find it, and I think that you, Adam, is going to play your hidden immunity idol, I can take out the idol nullifier, write Adam down, put it in the urn, and then if you pull an idol out, it's nullified so you could still be eliminated so you could still be eliminated did you, it happen it happened you have to guess right so the odds yeah, of it crazy. the odds of it working are like extremely minimal did everybody just lose their shit people went crazy twitter was blowing up tribal council was blowing up it was a really great moment and what i think it speaks uh 36 and I think it speaks to the innovation of these Survivor producers that they continue to come up with ways
0: to change the game. I have always believed that Josh years would in. leave us in a second if Survivor is like, we just need someone to hold the microphone. He'd be like, I'm there. I, uh, yeah, I would think about it. <laughs> um, and then my only other follow-up, Josh, would be, out of Sims and myself, who would perform Sorry, this better this is season on... 37. Between Sims and me, who would be a better Survivor participant? Oh, <laughs> like
2: coffee. I mean, that's a really—it's a really
1: difficult. Both in full
0: health, and neither of us are using stem cells. So here's the thing:
1: I'm not going to eat when any of the eating challenges. I'll start with you, okay? Yeah, yeah. What are but I don't need to eat as much as he does, so that's going to be a strength. Here's what I'll say:
0: I'm going to prepare former
2: (laughs) former athletes. Uh, generally don't do well on Survivor. Some have made it far.
0: Is it because everyone's like, he made enough money? Yeah,
2: everyone's always like, he's got money in the bank. He doesn't need the million bucks. Let's keep him around because he's big and strong and he'll help us win challenges. And I use you as a blocker. So basically, you're always a target. I hide behind you. And I'll say, let me keep Sims around so people keep trying to get him out. They're not trying to get me out.
0: Wow. All right, so you're screwed from the beginning. Yeah, so you Apparently. you would make
2: it you would make it far. Left go. Yeah, what's my strength and weaknesses? You, I would see being the type of person who talks too much on the beach. <laughs> damn, and <laughs> everyone's just like, damn, this guy's talking a lot and he's not catching I'm pretty fish. Pretty good at inception though. Good at inception, but I think your mouth will work against you. I see you being someone that gets voted out just before the merge. <laughs>
0: And where does Sims get voted out?
2: You get voted out right after the merge because until the tribes merge, it's teams. So you want to keep the oh. strong people on your team so you keep winning. But then right after the merge, every man for himself. I kick your ass to the curb as soon as we're all on the same beach. Interesting. It's just what I would do. And how do you think you would fare? I of the three of us, I would fare the best. Uh, I think you know we've seen and this. What,
0: but what if, if we're on the beach, my strategy for you yep. would be. I know this guy. He's a schemer, and he's been strategizing for, like, 18 years right. for this moment. I'm,
1: I'd beat his ass when the cameras are off
2: and just go, fuck
1: and it. The I'm cameras yeah, are Sim, never off on Survivor yeah. 24-7. Sims would be going
0: around with, like, a, a bar of soap and a towel. <laughs> There's also
2: no soap or towels on Survivor. Oh, Oh, then I'm out the first day. I would right, choose to get a Let's look. wrap up this podcast. Okay. I got about two and a half minutes on Survivor. Though, so I don't know.
1: Good. I'll get more into the stem cell thing later. I blocked him out of his conversation. Okay, I can't take it anymore. Stem cells, though... It's still research that is being found, right? They do think that it might be able to cure some diseases, maybe diabetes. They can inject it into the pancreas. Yeah, we only know what we've learned. Yeah, hell, but I'll, I'll find out more for the next episode here. On I appreciate it. Because
0: I'd like to maybe save my stem cells. Right. Because they're, you know, that's an upper level stem cell I got.
1: You know what is real? Climate change, okay? Just had to say that. Sorry. <laughs> Thank <laughs> four you.
0: Four sibs. Peace out, homies. For Frederick. Good evening, everybody. And for this poor fly. He is swimming. I'm Adam Lefko, the L E F K O E. Man. And we will holler at you with the picks coming up on Friday. Be well. Be good. Holler.